0: Yeah, it certainly isn't. Okay, Andrew, if you want to be a team that not only makes the Super Bowl and wins a Super Bowl, but gets back to the Super Bowl, you got to keep your really, really good players. Obviously, the Chiefs, a couple weeks back, did that with Patrick Mahomes. signed had a huge, huge deal, and the plan always was to handle their quarterback first, the best player on their team and the best player on their offense, and then turn their attention to their franchise tag, defensive tackle, the best player on their defense. And obviously, this is something that Chris Jones has wanted for some time. There was a question last year, was he gonna show up for mini camp? Was he gonna show up for training camp? He handled it, he showed up, he played his best in some of their biggest games despite battling some injuries. He waited and waited an unbelievable amount of time for Patrick Mahomes to get done, sat through a pandemic, and finally, just moments ago, agrees to terms on a four-year, eighty-five million dollar deal. So, so damn good. So damn good. Now, pass. Because that's the bottom line. Because Stone All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes
1: get remembered. Legends never die.
2: This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance
0: Twidwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Patrick freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, Let's talk some sports because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned into the Spoken. Spoken. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Lance Twidwell. This. is
2: is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host Lance Twidwell. Here inside the KCP and studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell, good. Eddie Ortiz, go, go, go. and the one and only Miss Guy. Episode 73 guys, we're very much excited to be here. As I told you guys in the in the pre-up, the, the little uh, warm up if you guys will, that I told you that episode 73 is going to be dedicated to all things Chiefs because we have a ton to talk about when it comes to the local team that we all love and admire. Uh, next week we're going to have a ton of NBA and MLB talk because obviously those seasons are resuming next week and a little over ne- a week from now. Uh, so we're going to definitely dedicate that time and give you guys our predictions for both the MLB and the NBA uh, regular seasons and playoffs as they resume next next week. But in the meantime, I felt like it was the perfect time to capitalize on some of the news that has come out, obviously, with the Chris Jones extension. We can continue to talk about Patrick Mahomes' contract and how it gives the Chiefs flexibility to continue to build their future organization and continue to build a winning brand around him. But tonight, I actually want to start the show off with something that might throw you off a little bit because I want to give thanks to somebody that is no longer a part of the Chiefs, but is somebody who actually played a very integral part as to why the Chiefs are where they're at now, and I'm going to explain why right right this very second. I'm not going to waste any more of your time, and I want to thank all of you for being here with us, whether you're listening on the podcast, whether you're watching the live stream, or you're watching on YouTube. Thank you so much for being here and taking your time on Friday to be with us. I don't mean to sound insensitive to the current climate of our country and world right now, but this is a sports show, and at the end of the day, I'll be damned if I didn't acknowledge the fact that these things are good, really good for us Chiefs fans right now. And we have a lot to be thankful for, and more importantly, people to be thankful for in particular, directly for why things are the way that they are, which is very good. We can point to the obvious, the, fa- the fact that the Chiefs are going into the 2020 season as the defending Super Bowl champs for the first time in this last half century. We can point to the obvious, the fact that the Chiefs have the best head coach quarterback duo in the NFL since 2018, and from the looks of it, will continue to have same said duo for many more years to come. We can point to the f- to the obvious, the fact that the Chiefs have a budding superstar at GM, and trust me when I say we're going to talk plenty about Mister Beach in just a minute. But I want to start. But I want to point to something, or rather, someone that predates these obvious facts that makes our lives as Chiefs fans that much happier in trying times like the times we're currently living in. Andy Reid took over the Chiefs organization in 2013. Most of us knew that winning would follow Andy to KC and that there was finally a real chance of success for the Chiefs again for what seemed like the first time in decades. But with Andy also came a young, ready-to-prove-himself first-time GM by the name of John Dorsey, who, like Andy Reid, cut his NFL teeth at the administrative side with the Packers as a scout all the way back to 1991. A former player for the Packers, John Dorsey showed early promise as a legitimate eye for talent and it became no mystery at all as to why he quickly climbed into the role as GM of a proud and redeemable franchise in Kansas City. And from 2013 to 2017, Dorsey played a significant role in revamping and revitalizing the Chiefs. Drafting great talents like Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Chris Jones, Marcus Peters, Kareem Hunt, Eric Fisher, oh, and Patrick Mahomes. Bringing in veterans and hidden gems like Jeremy Macklin, Ron Parker, Dirty Dan Sorensen, Nick Foles, Alex Smith, Frank Zombo, and the man, Mitchell Schwartz. From those perspectives, everything was moving swimmingly for one John Dorsey. The Chiefs seem to have landed themselves a very promising and competent GM. But with the highlights come the lowlights. You see, Dorsey had a glaring issue. And it wasn't the fact that the man had what seemed to be as nothing but what I would describe as a psychotic tendency by wearing the damn chief sweater during the dog days of training camp. No, we, we can could, we could look beyond that despite how odd it was to witness, especially when he wear it with shorts at the same time. Dorsey has a money problem. Not a personal money problem, at least not to my knowledge. But Dorsey had a problem with how how to adequately spend the Chiefs money and how to know when to spend that money. The Chiefs had their issues, but one of those issues obviously from the names above hasn't been a player hasn't been players talent. During Dorsey's tenure as the Chiefs GM, he had two major contracts that that he took head on, and that's with Justin Houston and Eric Berry. Before the 2014 season began, 25-year-old edge rusher Justin Houston was entering a season in which he not only was eligible for a contract extension, but was deserving of a contract extension. Tallying up 26 and a half sacks in his first three seasons, Houston was looking for a big payday from the Chiefs. And it seemed to be a common sense decision for the Chiefs to get this young stud paid. Except it wasn't. At least not to one John Dorsey. And as, as fate would have it, Houston bet on himself... And went on to have one of the single greatest seasons a pass rusher has ever had and put up 22 sacks. Only a half sack behind Michael Strand for the most in a single season ever. Therefore, forcing the Chiefs' hand and having to pay Houston damn near twice as much as they would have had to had they simply paid Houston before the 2014 season began. Then we had former fan favorite Eric Berry. Who I'm hoping has found his spirit once again. And from 2010 to 2015, Eric Berry was without question an NFL elite safety. Everyone knew the name Eric Berry. And the Chiefs benefited off of his services throughout that entire rookie contract. But once again, the Chiefs had a great player looking to get paid. And you would have thought that it would have made complete sense to go ahead and either extend or trade Eric Berry. They didn't either. Instead, they decided to place the franchise tag on a 28-year-old Eric Berry who would make a little under $11 million in the 2016 season. And in case you missed it, Eric Berry went on to have arguably the best season he had had since his rookie campaign. Single-handedly besting the Falcons and, and Panthers and helping the Chiefs win their first AFC West championship since his rookie year, Eric Berry's price, as you would assume, significantly went up. Oh, and let it be known that Clark Hunt wasn't going to let Eric Berry go at this point, seeing that Berry not only played great more than he didn't, not only was a fan favorite, but was also a comeback player of the year in 2015 due to being also a cancer survivor. Therefore, the Chiefs, when put in a position that they never had to be in to begin with, and that was, that was to have to pay a top-tier player top-tier money when they could have once again locked him up at a much cheaper price at a previous time. And this all falls at the feet of John Dorsey. Look, we all know good and well that Andy Reid runs shit around here. And I can prove that because Andy is still here and Dorsey is not. Dorsey came into Kansas City thinking that he would and could make his own decisions while Andy, Andy simply coached. Well, that was short-lived. And the decision that botched massive contracts like those of Justin Houston and Eric Berries explains... Out the math of why inevitably this became Dor- Dorsey's exit. I will admit that when the Chiefs first made the decision to part ways with Dorsey, I didn't understand it, and quite frankly, I didn't like it. Because I was so fixated and focused on the names and and, and the help that he brought in, and the fact that the Chiefs had some real promise moving forward. But like other Chiefs fans, I left out or rather overlooked the glaring facts of his glaring flaws. Flaws that couldn't be fixed, reconciled, or quite frankly, put up with. Dorsey has a real eye for talent. I think he has a real skill set to see whether a player has it or whether he doesn't, what he has, what it takes, or whether he does not have what it takes to make it in the NFL. At the same time... I think that Dorsey's strength simultaneously casted a veil over his eyes blinding him from seeing the counterproductive maneuvers and decisions he would make that would ultimately create a two-steps-forward, three-steps-back three steps, three steps back scenario. And Andy couldn't afford to waste another second with that alongside him if, in fact, he hoped to change not only his, but the Chiefs' legacy as a whole. I do want to thank John Dorsey for all the talent he brought to the Chiefs. A number of which still very much contribute to the team now and for years to come. But I also want to thank John Dorsey for his mistakes as well. For if it weren't for those mistakes, the Chiefs would have had Brett Veach, they wouldn't have had Brent Veach at the helm alongside Andy Reid, steering the Chiefs further into the sea of success and Super Bowls. Had it not been for Dorsey failing, I don't believe the Chiefs would be where they are today. I don't believe Chris Jones would have a long-term deal in place. I don't believe Patrick Mahomes would have had a deal in place that albeit is monstrous on paper, but doesn't even kick in until 2022, but also allows the flexibility needed for the Chiefs to continue building greatness around the greatness they have in Mahomes. Dorsey doesn't make any of that happen. And so for that, I want to thank John Dorsey first and foremost for both the good and the bad that you brought to Kansas City with you. And no matter what Dorsey does for the rest of his career, he will forever have a legacy in Kansas City for what he did and did not do. Thanks, Dorse. I hope you and your damn sweater are well. I'm going to leave it right there. we got to talk about Mr. Brett Veach. Speaking of GMs, speaking of the Chiefs GMs, we have ourselves, like I said earlier, a budding superstar and one Brett Veach. It's Veach season, boys and girls. I hope you guys are ready. I hope you brought your surfboards. I hope you brought your copper tone. I hope you brought the sun because I'm telling you guys, it is a sunny day in Kansas City. I hope you guys are ready. Next, when we get back, we're going to talk about Brett Veach. Is he the best GM in the NFL right now? Let's 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 praise our guy for a little bit. Let's let's give him some much deserved praise because he's worked his ass off. Not only this offseason, but the off season previous. We'll get back to that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at commandeerbrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts, designed with an edge. to give this man some praise because if you've been following our show for any length of time, you know that there has been some varying opinions when it comes to one-bred Veach. Mm-hmm. I wish I could sit here and tell you guys that like my guy Shaggy Shane, I have been on board on the Veach train the entire time. I will tell you right now, I have not been because of the fact that I felt like very early on that there was this trend going on in Kansas City where Andy Reid was starting to either hire or hire from within his friends, people that he's known from Philadelphia or previous stops before, or just friends in the or the league. I, I felt like there was just something that Andy Reid was doing just for comfortability that I was a little worried about when he hired Steve Spagnuolo. I was starting to figure, oh, okay, he's loyal to his guys, whether it's actually the right decision or not. Mm-hmm. And so I left the door open for Brett Veach to prove his worth. Because, let's be honest, Brett Veach to this point has only been known as a talent evaluator. He's not been known as somebody that's been in an executive position, no. an ag- yeah, an actual position of, of to make decisions. Yeah. Well, Brent Feach is now in that place for year three, and now going into year four. And I don't want to ignore what happened in twenty eighteen, but I do believe what's happened over these last two off seasons surmounts it, oversteps what happened in twenty eighteen. I mean, we can just say Breland speaks his name, and that that tells you everything you need to come know back, about twenty eighteen. Come back. But then in 2019, when you go and get Nicole Hardman, you go out and get Juan Thornhill, you go out and get Tyron Matthew, you trade for Frank Clark, you make these things happen. And then you go into 2020, and you get yourself Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Willie Gay Jr. You extend Patrick Mahomes. You extend uh, uh, Chris Jones. You restructure Sammy Watkins. You get back D-Rob. You make things happen. And that is, what, that is what Brett Veach has done. Now, I will say, and I think we all can agree to this, when it comes down to the end of the day... Andy Reid is the one that's making the final decision here in Kansas City because he's the man. And we say that he runs shit. We know this. But Brett Veach plays a vital role in how this roster becomes what it is. And if you miss something, in case you guys missed it, just a few months ago, I know it seems like a decade ago, but just a few months ago, the Chiefs wrapped up their first Super Bowl in 50 years. Brett Veach played a significant role in that. So that's why I like to bring up the whole Veach season because I feel like this is where Brett Veach really makes his mark here in Kansas City because he's doing things that we have literally never seen a GM do in NFL history. Yeah. The fact that to start this offseason, the Chiefs had $177 in cap space. I will say that I think the pandemic has helped significantly because I do believe this was a normal offseason. We're probably not looking at things the way that it is right now. I don't think Sammy Watkins is probably back. I don't think D-Rob is back. I don't know if Chris Jones gets his extension. There's a lot of things I don't know. What I do know is we're living in the world that is currently as it is. And Brett Veach capitalized on it. I will think. I will say this. I think the Chiefs have owned this offseason. I was texting Kent Swanson a couple days after episode 72 that he came on. By the way, I loved. That was a fun show, man. In case you missed that, go go watch that again because Kent was dropping some knowledge and it was funny. And I brought up Matt Stafford because that's just tradition we have a Kent Swanson on the show. But I, I texted him like, man, I think the Chiefs have really owned this offseason. And that's something that I don't think happens very often. I think the Chiefs make some good moves here and there throughout the off-seasons, but it's always another team, the Jets or you know uh, the Cowboys. Somebody else has a great off-season, and everyone's talking about that. I think the Chiefs have owned this off-season. I think they've made the best moves, and they really didn't do anything outside. They just retained their guys, yeah. keeping 20 of their 22 starters, which is the first time that's happened in a long time. We're going to talk about that later in the show, by the way, so stay tuned for that. But I want to get your guys' thoughts tonight about well, first of all how the hell are you guys doing tonight you guys doing pretty good. good you guys pretty having good. fun I'm
3: tired <laughs> yeah
2: long week, it's it, has hot outside, long week. it has been a long week it's yeah i, yeah. I saw the devil walk by in some swimming trunks earlier so i know it's hot as <laughs> shit out there but but i want to start with you trevor First of all, do you believe, in your opinion, because my opinion has absolutely changed, and we live in a nuanced world, yeah. and I'm not afraid to change my opinions when I feel that I'm wrong or I can double down on something. It's called honesty. It's yeah. called honesty. It's called being unbiased. I try to be that as much as I possibly can. Yeah. I believe that Brett Veach is now the best GM in football. First of all, do you believe that? And second of all, do you think the Chiefs
3: have owned this offseason? I believe it was, what, was it last week, the last episode? Was it Donnie Couch that asked the question? I think he asked that very question. What, yeah, you got to give him credit. My response was, you know, it's more of the wait-and-see approach. You know, he's, he's done everything. He, As far as the last couple drafts, he's done really, really well. Um, he's meshed well with not only our quarterback of the future and our coach. Um, you know, and that's obviously seemed to mesh well as we've gone on these past couple of seasons. And the fact that he worked out this Patrick Mahomes deal to leverage the Chiefs in order to get Chris Jones – Hands down, he's the best right now because no one else has made those kind of moves yet. No one else is retaining the championship roster of the NFL, you know, which he did. So, yeah, I mean, if you're the GM that just won a Super Bowl from a lot of them, and you know, um, through a lot of the players that you acquired, even midseason with, you know, dealing with injuries and things like that, you know, um, and then you obviously bring back and retain and pay the guys that are the most, you know, bring the most value to this team. Of course, because there's no one else. That even has the roster that we have, let alone is is paying these guys and finding ways to pay them and keep them here. When everyone thought, you know, with the hundred and however much it was, hundred seventy seven dollars. Yeah, I mean, you can buy a nice forty inch TV with that, maybe. You know, so I, the fact that they figured out <laughs> on a discount, way, maybe. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah maybe <laughs> Walmart, yeah, Clarence rack. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, it's right now it's kind of a it's kind of a no brainer because the way I approached, like I said last week, when that question was asked. I was, just, you know, I, I I didn't want to say it yet because I, I, first of all, I didn't want to jinx anything. Not that I believe in that. I just didn't want to, you know, get, you know, be too far ahead of it. I wanted to kind of see, you know, these because he had a lot of serious decisions to make mm-hmm. at that moment. So I kind of wanted to see what they did, what he did with that, and he's done nothing but prove his legitimacy, man, as a GM. And um, I, as a Chiefs fan, I don't know. I, I've never felt this. Uh, Privileged, I guess, is the word uh, to be one of these franchises now. You know, to have a GM that's making those big bold moves and acquiring guys, having that quarterback, having that head coach, being champions, trying to go for a repeat and then another repeat, building a roster for a dynasty. It's just, I feel, I've never been so happy as a Chiefs fan. I feel so lucky uh, being a small market fan my whole life, and then dealing, you know, and then how having, having these big issues and these big deals and things, you know, keeping these big time players here in the city and they love this city. And Brett Beach is a big, you know, catalyst of all, of all of that. He's behind all of that, you know. So he keeps – he, he's the one that creates a lot of the camaraderie. You know, he, he's down there in the sidelines. You know, he's involved with the locker room. So, I mean, and he's a younger guy. He's got that energy, you know. So he's brought a whole new tempo to this entire franchise. And I think him and Andy Reid definitely – obviously they have the chemistry, but definitely feed off each other. And it's a sight to, it's, it's a sight to be seen, man. And uh, I'm so happy that this is my team that we're talking about right now. So yes, I think he's the best right now. Uh,
1: you know, with Brett Beach, I was very like, uh, would you say critical on on his twenty eighteen draft? Yeah, I I based based a lot of Brett Beach out of that twenty eighteen class because that that's it kind of gave us what he was, you know, like at, at that moment, and, and knowing how that class fell miserably and how everything was going, it was pretty much it, it was easy to say that he just you know he's not cut up for that position at that moment in time right. but as time progressed we saw what he did last year's uh draft class obviously he he had a, a a huge hit you know with the draft with Juan Thornhill coming in you know uh and then with this drift draft class as well we saw what he could do like bringing uh, uh, uh Edward Tiller, yep. uh and and uh, Willie Willoughby Gay Jr. Yep. exactly so Knowing, knowing that he can he can draft and, and he pretty much redeemed himself from that first draft class that really you know, damaged a little bit of his image because of what those players turned out to be. Yeah, you know, so him coming back, redeeming himself, going to a Super Bowl and actually winning that Super Bowl and being able to work out at Mahomes deal when literally nobody was expecting it with a hundred and seventy a hundred and seventy seven dollars in a in the cap. You're like, how the hell can he make a $500 mil, uh, million dollar dollar deal? Yeah. Like, where? where, like, where? like, And then to, to get my homes, you know, like extend them 12 years, you know, because to, to finish off is two years. And then on top of that, you're adding the 10 years. So, it's like, his new contract technically doesn't kick in. Well, knowing that the salary two, cap's two, going to be two more years. either, either Ex- level, level or dropping or, yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. They said it might
3: drop off. So, that helps the Chiefs even more because they don't have to pay pat- exact, that percentage.
1: Exactly, and It could go off for another two, three years. It exactly. knows. And then... The way they did the the Patrick Mahomes deal mm-hmm. was it's done in such a way where they can do a Chris Jones deal where they can come up to Four Chris years. Jones numbers, you know, because the Chiefs did not like. Uh, I mean, Chris Jones did not want to meet the Chiefs down there, right. and the Chiefs had to come up and meet Chris Jones. You know, it's so like kind of met halfway. Mm-hmm. Uh, those signing bonus and all that stuff, and they were still able to get Chris Jones. I mean those deals, man. Yeah. Only a a smart person can do that, man. Yeah. And and for for Brett Veach to to come out and just you know redeem himself from that first the first year is what really damaged his image. But at the same time, we got to understand that was his first year as a GM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but like me, I was very critical because of it. Uh, but like I said, this past two years, he's really redeemed himself, and with these last two contracts. Massive contract that he just did. Yeah. Man, he I I can say that he's probably the best at Kerman. the moment right now. Yeah, because yeah,
2: yeah. you have your John Schneider's, like I said, up in up in Seattle. I mm-hmm. think he's an insanely great Another younger guy. He's very, very good. But see, even with John Schneider, an issue that Seattle has had as a collective is not being able to retain veteran stars. Exactly. Yeah. Um they had Legion of Boom up there, legendary secondary. Um, the problem with them is, I mean, obviously some things they can't avoid, like Cam Chancellor's career cut short through injuries. But Richard Richard Sherman, they they absolutely boxed that situation with Richard Sherman. There's no reason in the yeah. world why Richard Sherman is still not in Seattle. There's no reason in the
1: world. Um, you know, it was the, uh, I think it was the Achilles injury that I think that did it for for. Uh, oh, there was some locker for in, Seattle and, and, some locker and, and, and stuff and, going on, and I don't think Seattle wanted to come to his numbers. What
2: I'm saying though, and 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 bringing that up is, I have now I'm giving Bre- Brett Veach. Enough benefit of the doubt to believe that let's say the Chiefs had that situation on their hands. Let's say Richard Sherman was a Chief all that time and the same exact scenario played out the exact same way. I believe the Chiefs figure something out with him because of the way that Brett Veach has been able to structure these types of situations where you think it's improbable, you think it's impossible. And he makes these things happen. I mean, we, we've sat here on this show how many yeah. times? I Just a few weeks ago. We were talking about Chris I'm Jones sitting here telling you guys to make peace with the fact that Chris yeah. Jones is gone after this year. yeah. Because of the certainties that I was being told myself. Yet they figured out a way to not only retain Chris Jones, but like you just alluded to, Eddie... No signing bonus. Mm-hmm. There's no signing bonus to that. Who does that? Who signs a no signing bonus contract? Now, obviously, he's going to make the roster, so the roster bonuses are going to kick in. Oh once yeah.
1: the, f- the season starts, he's going to get. He's going to make check. all that
2: money. The point is, no one ever signs a it.
1: no signing bonus yeah.
2: contract. And then and Patrick
1: Mahomes only got what ten million. Yes, yeah, yeah, something, yeah, he's something more money on endorsements. I mean, right now. yeah,
2: and to the Patrick Mahomes <laughs> contract. Real? To the Patrick Mahomes contract point,
1: yeah.
2: That there's only thirty thousand dollars that hits the cap this year for that contract.
1: Right. And to think about a
2: 500 million dollar yeah. contract, only has 30k hitting this this current cap mm-hmm. is it, it, we've never seen this stuff before. That's my point. Is even guys like John Schneider, who I do praise for his talent evaluations and being able to land guys in the mid rounds. That's where he got majority of their players: Richard Sherman, Russell Wilson, Cam Chancellor. All those guys are mid round picks, and they're all Hall of Famers. To that point, though, Brett Veach has been able to not only, the last couple of drafts, nail and nail and nail picks. He's been able to go out there and get his guys yep. from other teams, out out these out, uh, other teams, Army, and then figure out a way to retain guys, like I said, like Chris Jones. Yep. No one was saying that Chris Jones was going to stay in Kansas City. Literally no one. Mm-hmm. We thought, well, okay, we'll give Mr. Yo-Yo his credit. <laughs> Fair enough. That, that's true. You did say that. But nobody in the reporting world, in the journalistic world, yeah. was saying that they, that they were talking about how their language is so far apart, how they're at least $20 million apart in guaranteed dollars. The Chiefs end up giving him the guaranteed dollars he was looking for. And he only gets a four-year deal, which is perfect for him, because if we're actually looking at that contract honestly, that's really only a three-year deal. And if you're looking at it even more honestly, it's only a two-year deal. Yeah. Because after that second year, the Chiefs can get out of it and trade Chris Jones or restructure the back end of that contract. So this What I'm saying is there is a genius to Brett Veach and what he's been able to do. Because I do believe Andy Andy Reid is one pulling the strings. But Andy Reid put Brett Veach in this position for this particular reason. And he's making it happen.
3: There's a genius to Brett Veach, but there's also... I mean, the elephant in the room is the humility of our Patrick Mahomes, our quarterback Patrick Mahomes. The fact that he agreed to that kind of deal. and I I full-heartedly believe he wanted this kind of deal to to keep Chris Jones here. 100%. Even in the press conference, like I said last week... He made it very clear that this was a move. He was excited to make this move because it can keep talent around yeah. him. And that was the whole point. The I flexibility, and, yeah, right. that's like, humility, man. Because like he knows me, he can grab that money right now if he wanted.
1: With to. me uh, looking at the like looking at the the totality of that number five hundred, you think it's a lot, but at the yeah. end you you it's do that years. for twelve years. Yeah. It, it's a it's a very team friendly deal. Even hit until the year and, four, exactly. And yeah. Like I, I kept saying that Patrick Mahomes needed to do a team friendly deal in order to, to retain that talent. Because you need those players, you know, Mm. you need a a couple more superstars in your roster to, you know, to help elevate the the rest of the talent. So, with Patrick Mahomes doing that kind of deal, it just, you know, team friendly, man. And we also need to
2: give credit to somebody else, and that's Brant Tillis. Man. The director of football administration. Math nerd. For the Chiefs. (laughs) He's been in the league now 12 years, and he's been with the Chiefs for the last nine now, the reason that most of you guys haven't heard this name, if any of the fans are there, like, who the fuck is Brant Tillis? <laughs> I'm with you. Okay? I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't really know who Brant Tillis was until the Chris Jones contract came down. This is the guy that's been crunching the numbers. He's basically like uh, the auditor for the Chiefs, if you will. Like, he's the guy that is showing the Chiefs, all right, look, you have X amount of dollars to spend this year if you want to stretch it out this much. You know, I don't want to get you guys lost in the weeds. The point is, this guy is their numbers guy. So... Yes, exactly. So although although Brett Veach and Andy Reid are going to get the glory and the praise as they should, Brent Tillis and guys like Brent Tillis are so valuable because of instances like this. And I think that the Chiefs of all teams right now in the NFL, quite frankly, maybe in all of American sports, have the nucleus unlike any we've ever seen. Because Andy Reid is allowing his pieces to do their job, and he's trusting them to do their job. And at the same time, they are the best at what they do at their job. So we have... The Golden
3: State Warriors, the NFL. Yeah,
2: because I mean, even like the Patriots, as successful as the Patriots have been over 20 years, we cannot neglect or ignore that. Cheating aside, we still have to give them some level of credit. (laughs) The point, though, is is the Patriots have been so top-heavy when it comes to how they've been successful. Whereas the Chiefs have this run-trickle-down effect of all of these people doing their job at such an elite level. Look at the Chiefs. The reason why they retained all of their coordinators, all of their their entire coaching staff, retained all of their players, essentially, mm. and kept everybody in place is because they knew that running back is legitimate. This isn't something that's just Patrick Mahomes, although he is the main reason... There's previews to the feature presentation. It's a body. It's a collective. You have to have your supporting cast. And it goes deeper than just the field. And guys like Brent Tillis are those pieces. Brett Veach is one of those pieces. Yeah, you found a way to keep Matt Moore here, man. That's huge. Well, not even keep him, but bring him back. I oh, mean, yeah, 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 bring and, him back. And honestly, that that honestly was a really good decision. And hey, I want to say something real quick. I should have yeah, about won both Chris... those games. When well, when yeah, fair enough. I want to say something about the Chris Jones move. Hmm. I do believe... That's a bigger move than the Patrick Mahomes extension. Why I say that? And I'm not trying to segue off on this, but well, yeah, why I say that
3: in the current right now, because
2: yeah. it was so unexpected. No one saw that. No, no, like we just talked about. No one saw that coming. Everybody knew Patrick Mahomes was gonna stay in Kansas City. There was no debate. Yeah. Everybody knew they were gonna pay him whatever they needed to pay him and give him as many years as he wanted or as few years as he yeah. wanted. That know wasn't he was a shock. Here. We knew Chris Jones. We, we thought, oh, it's over. Yeah. I, I came on this show and started an episode like that. And I'm sure I'm going to get an L for it. And I deserve it. But the point remains is that was something that I think we were we were next to each other, Eddie, when the news broke out. We were texting our thread. Nobody – like, we were all flipping the fuck out because we knew that was the move that, that we've so all hard. been hoping for. And because, like I said, the <laughs> assumption was there. Oh, Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is going to get his deal. It's going to be over. Wait, what the fuck? Chris Jones has got a deal? How the fuck are they doing this? Yeah. It's beach season, baby. Simply put. I don't want to sound oversimplified. I don't want to make it sound like I'm just trying to overgloss this dude. Because again, I've been on the opposite side of this where I'm like, I don't really know what this guy's really gonna do. And then 2018 comes around, I see Breland speaks, I'm thinking, how in the world am I supposed to believe this guy's anything other than just an Andy Reid pawn? He's proving it wrong. He's 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 caught a rhythm. I can't explain it. I don't know what it is, I don't know how he's doing it. But it's working, and Chiefs fans, you guys better be excited because although this is an outlook that you have to look at maybe two to three years as far as the success, the fact that you can actually say as a fan, my team has a two to three year plan is so rare because there are not more than three teams that you can adequately say that about. Mm -hmm. You have the Ravens, you have the Chiefs, that's about it.
3: The AFC, yeah. Two to
2: three teams right there that, are, like, the Ravens and the Chiefs are the only teams that I can confidently look, 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 look at this camera and say, I know what they bring to the table. Those are the only two teams. Everybody else, Patriots can be really good, Patriots can really suck. The Seahawks, who the hell? We don't know. The 49ers, we don't know. You have no idea for so many teams of what they're going to be on a year on year basis. We know what the Chiefs are going to bring. We know what the Ravens are going to bring. First round exit. But the point, <laughs> the point remains is that we are in a prime position to continue to win for the, next, f- for the foreseeable future, and Brett Veach deserves absolute credit for that. Absolutely. He plays a pivotal role. I know he only took a minute and a half at the, at the parade. That's only because he was resting for the next one. Because he knew that the next parade, he's going to have to speak a little bit longer. Because at that point, he's going to be a fucking legend. So we'll just go ahead and let him ha- take his breather. At the first parade, he was just, like I said, just getting warmed up. He didn't have his ludens. He, you know, his voice was a little gone. We'll accept the apology ahead of time, Brett. But you know what? In the meantime, we're going to leave that segment there because my guy, Eddie, I'm sure, I'm confident, he's got some boiling questions for me and Trevor. Can't wait to hear them. Hi. And I can't—I know you guys can't wait because he, he's the man, apparently. He's the backbone of the show. And he's the only reason Ken Swanson even bothers with us sons exactly. of bitches. Exactly. So, again... Shout out Ken Let us know what you guys Think in the comments If you guys think That Brett Veach Is the best GM Or not the best GM In the NFL Hit us up Let us know what you guys think Let us know if you think There's something that Brett Veach could do better If you think that Maybe there's something That you feel he's missing on He's missing the mark on Guys there's critis- There's legit criticisms For everybody No one's perfect Even Pat- well, Patrick Mahomes. So that's about it Outside of Patrick Mahomes, Everyone's really in line For criticism a We'll be back we For that
0: After this We are widening The corridors And adding more lanes building a, religion, a limited edition. We're now accepting callers
2: for these Located in the historic Westport District, Modern Man Supply Company is your Kansas City's new home for men's retail. From apparel to pomade and home goods to beard care, they offer a wide range of men's products from independent companies from around the world. Follow them at Modern Man Supply Company on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yo. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I am your host, Lance Twiddle, here inside the KCPN studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell. What's good. Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. And the one and only Mrs. Gad. So we're we I feel like the show's just rolling right along, man. This thing's oh, flying yeah. right by. And it, it feels like that every time we talk Chiefs, so it's no it's no real shock, but we have to give our guy his segment, because again, he is the fucking backbone of this show. He's got Know Billy Hodge, you know the Eddie Hodge connection. We have all of his buddies up in the chat groups. I swear he pays these motherfuckers to get in there. But hey, I ain't complaining. (laughs) You're giving us traffic, so go ahead, Eddie.
3: People like an underdog.
2: Take take
0: over the (laughs) underdogs Yeah, Yeah, your dad's in there
3: calling us bitches. Like that's
2: that's, that that is when you know it's a wholesome environment. You know what I mean? Like we got a real thing going. So Eddie, take over
1: because this is your show, clearly. All right, man. Let's let's have a fun question to begin the 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 show. Let's do it. Uh, Or the uh, segment. Uh, so, fellas, I saw Lance uh, answer a tweet uh, not that long ago today to a uh, to a guy uh, who pretty much stated that Patrick Mahomes was a system quarterback. Now, <laughs> is Patrick Mahomes a system quarterback? Boy, fuck, you went right to it, didn't you?
2: <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, this. Is, I try. <laughs> I, I try triggered. to avoid. <laughs> I try to avoid those types of tweets because I know. Ninety-five percent of the time, those people are just trying to bait, yep. and they're trying to get attention, and they're trying Bite. to get that clout, and they're trying to get you know everybody all hot and bothered, and it works.
3: <laughs> it works every time, man. It's not that hard with you,
2: Lance. It's not that uh, hard. And 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 here's the thing, is that I sat there and I thought about how I was going to respond. I had ninety-five f bombs that were going to attach to it. I was like, nah, man, I got to try to keep it classy. I'll bring you down to eighty-eight. And I I think... I don't remember what I said exactly, but I think I said, yeah, because the guy was saying that it's nothing wrong with admitting that Patrick Mahomes is a system quarterback. He just is. And I'm sitting here... I, I think I quote tweeted it, and I said... Yeah, because as we all remember, Andy Reid was racking off all those championships with the Eagles and And Chiefs pre-Mahomes, right? Like That is the part I don't understand that people say that. He's a system quarterback. Because what you're trying to do is take away from his individual value and greatness, which is absurd. Because if you listen to anybody that knows anything about football, all they can do is praise this guy. Because he's doing things at an unprecedented level. We've literally never seen a quarterback do what he's done. If you want to sit here and say that Tom Brady's a system quarterback, I'm going to listen to that because we only know that Brady has been what he's been in a particular system. Patrick Mahomes is so young in his career that if he plays in the same system his whole career, you can make that argument. But even with that, Tom Brady plays within the confines of a system. If a play doesn't work, what does he do? He throws it out of bounds or he falls down. Patrick Mahomes' greatest plays have been outside of the pocket creating a play within a play. We talk about it all the time. The improvisation. Are we going to sit here and talk about Will Ferrell as a system comedian? He only listens to scripts? No. His most famous work is when he improvises. When he makes things out of his ass. He does stupid shit that becomes legendary. Patrick Mahomes is the Will Ferrell of the NFL. He does things that no one else can do. How the fuck is that a system? Give me a fucking break. It's no fucking no fucking question that the guy that's his fucking Twitter handle was Boston Cream Party... Somebody's screaming on the Boston party all right, and it's Patrick fucking Mahomes. System my ass. Yeah. I just want you to take a
3: look at the
1: screen.
3: Thank you. Ron Swanson's got it
2: down. Thank you. That's right. Thank you, Ron
3: Swanson. Yeah, I don't have much else to say about it. Yeah, you can go watch all of Patrick Mahomes' highlight videos on YouTube, and most of them are him creating a play. So, I mean, when the system breaks down and the play breaks down, Mahomes is the deadliest player with the football in his hands. So, yeah, spare me with that nonsense. That's definitely That was definitely a shot to trigger you, but... You fell for it. You bodied him. Congratulations. <laughs> Twitter. Oh, R.I.P., right? Twitter. Started start off good, you know? Thanks, Eddie. You're welcome.
1: All right, let's see if the next questions keep keep up with that. Fuck. Uh, right. That should
2: have been, like, the, the finale. The day, exactly. <laughs> I'm, regretting I'm that sweating, question. man. I'm regretting that, that. That. <laughs> regretting that question now.
1: <laughs> take a break. Uh, all right. All uh, right. What are your thoughts on uh, Grunt's uh, Madden 21 rating?
2: Hilarious. Like, I've never been the guy that gave two shits about Madden ratings because, I mean, I, I don't even play video games. I want to. I I'm actually was talking to you guys about buying a PS5. I haven't had a console in like 12 years. But I was laughing my ass off at some of these ratings. Like, they had so many players in the wrong rating category.
3: I think Kyler, I, Kyler Murray is like seventy-seven. Or yeah, something like that.
2: Uh, they had a they had a, a, a Tyron Matthew like eight spots over Jamal Adams. I love Tyron Matthew. He's not eight spots better yes. than Jamal Adams. He's, like, he's they, up there, that, but he's not better. Than yeah, James. that's absurd. Even even yeah. Tyron Matthew was like, man, how are they low? Like these guys are way low, way lower than they should be. Yeah. Uh, to to the Gronk thing, i You heard me, Eddie, earlier today. I was laughing my ass off. Yeah. They have Gronk who hasn't played in over a year. At 95. And when he played last... Maybe five was years ago. He a shell. Yeah. yeah. In 2011, he was without question a 95-plus. Yeah. Yeah, 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 2020 or 2012, 2013, you can say that. Yeah. That was almost a decade ago. Like, <laughs> Rob Gronkowski is a shell of what he wants. I'd be surprised if the dude makes it for the entire season. Well, I and if he does, yeah. he's not going to be putting up pro, all pro numbers. Because the the talent around him and the fact he's got a grandpa quarterback. So it, it's... it's <laughs> It's comical how biased some of these ratings are, and Gronk was like the epitome of that because you can't tell me for one second that this dude should be almost the exact same rating as Travis Kelsey, who's on, like again, we've talked about last week, on the greatest streak we've ever seen a tight end be on in the history of the NFL. They got George Kittle over Travis Kelsey. I love George Kittle. Dude's an incredible tight end. The guy is essentially, he's an incredible blocker. I'll give him that. But outside of that, there is nothing he does better than Travis Kelsey. Not a damn thing. Nothing. Well, and you can debate me on he's that. He's faster They're, than Travis Kelsey. I don't care. That isn't something that's better.
3: You can be Correct. faster, not better. John Ross he's is more, faster than those guys. He's more athletic, I think, than Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's got the wiggle. Is he better at football? Don't get me wrong. They're in different ways, he's better. But Travis Kelsey's ball, obviously, better than him in different ways. I don't have a big. Di- I don't have a big problem with him being one notch ahead of Travis Kelsey on Madden. I don't it's put not, some spec on my end name. The fact Gronk <laughs> obviously owns some kind of stock in this video game because that. It's ridiculous. Maybe, like I said, absurd. Yeah, if it was like they need to take some ago, CBD. Yeah, he he might not even be the number one tight end on this team. That's probably OJ Howard, who's obviously the better talent at this point of their careers. So yeah, I this this Madden stuff is just every, all the athletes I feel like are all in their feelings. Ezekiel like and all, Ezekiel Elliott and all these guys are all. Pissy about their rating, and you
2: know I got Michael Thomas as a ninety-nine. Like Michael Thomas, I don't have a problem
3: with that. No, nah, dude, I don't like have Michael a problem. Thomas he's the best good, receiver in the, the league. No, he is not. Yes, he is. Hell he is. no. He has the
2: he's best. Number no. one. No. Michael Thomas is Who's... a schemed wide oh, receiver. My. Talk yes, to dude. anybody. That's Thank a hot you. Put take. Ron Swanson. Back <laughs> on that. I am triggered right That's now. That's a hot Michael take, Thomas dude. is a damn good wide receiver. Make no mistake about it. If he did not, he's the only target for group If he did not play, if he did not play in New Orleans, if he did not play in New Orleans, into those five-yard slants. He would not have a hundred and twenty some receptions every year. Bro, I'm telling you, you Michael know? Thomas is a damn good receiver. That guy is not a full package. Do you know me? Passing, DeAndre Hopkins right? is better than Michael Thomas. Oof, DeAndre Ooh. Hopkins is better than. That, him. I'm not going to argue. Julio no, Jones is better than Michael Thomas. No, he's not. Yes, oh, he absolutely is. No, not at this oh. point. Not
3: at this point. Give truth. me Tyreek. No, I love Julio. Give Jones. Give me Tyreek. Julio Jones can't stay healthy for the life of him, man. I. At this point in the career, is, is, that wasn't the question I know, but Michael Thomas is a 99. Because he's the best in the game right now. Check the numbers. Bullshit. Dude, you he's can, a scheme wide receiver. About, you can talk about all kinds of receivers. because Their their numbers were great because they played with great quarterbacks. Talk to my dude Matt Lane. Michael Thomas is the only guy that def- defenses have to worry about, and he still gets his every single week. 99 my ass. <laughs> oh, God. He's like I, the I, George St. Pierre of I, NFL. I truly believe if, if, if DeAndre Hopkins was on the Saints... He probably had those similar numbers. Because those, are the two, Those, to me, in my mind, are the two best but Yeah, because DeAndre Hopkins to do more. He played with Deshaun fucking Watsons. What are you talking about, bro? DeAndre Hopkins is a better wide receiver overall. Who's he's a better, better route runner. Who's better quarterback right now, Deshaun Watson or Drew Brees?
2: That's not the point. Drew Brees throws he Michael played? Thomas the ball 300 times a year. Wait, this, and DeAndre Hopkins gets, what, Who's third in targets this year? Was Absolutely, because like he's a okay. elite wide receiver. Okay, those numbers were great. <laughs> I'm not I mean, taking away from the fact the targets, I'm saying uh, the fact that Michael Thomas, if you go watch the Saints, Michael Thomas was the, the best receiver in the NFL things. last year. He Michael the Thomas best. gets in the slot, will take two little steps to the right, and gets a little chuck. And he still gets those
3: touchdowns and yards. And he didn't drop he a single pass. Effect.
2: They do that throughout the entire field. Dude. dude yeah. It's insane. He didn't drop a pass. Eddie, you're on fire, man. You're getting me triggered <laughs> all night already, man. <laughs> He's
3: fully deserving a 99. I'm like burning like
2: 700 calories if in If McCaffrey's
3: getting 99, Michael Thomas fully deserves it. Yeah.
2: Christian McCaffrey is one of the five best. Is he players the best
3: running back in the league? Absolutely. No, he's not. No, he's
2: not. McCaffrey is the best. He's not, running, he's not a better running better than him.
3: He's not a better running back than Ezekiel Elliott. Chill. No, he's not. Oh, he's gonna, not a better pure running back. Chill. He's, he's on. Christian
2: McCaffrey is the most complete no. non-quarterback in the NFL. I he is the most complete non-quarterback in the NFL. Wait, I don't
3: know. if that's debatable. What does that even mean?
2: Outside of a quarterback, he's the best
3: weapon. So, you're in the he's NFL. the most
2: deadly player with the football in his hands?
3: There is no question. I think Tyreek Hill is more deadly than him with the football in his hands.
2: Okay, okay. here's the thing Christian McCaffrey touches the ball three times as much as Tyreek Hill does. How is he more deadly? What do you mean? Tyreek Hill does not get this many touches like as Christian McCaffrey. Tyreek Hill's not a running back. That's not his it, fault. But when it, the ball's in his hand, okay, who's more. Dude, Why are quarterbacks more valuable than any other position? Because they get the ball more, right?
3: No, because they, that, they play the most important because position. Because they in have
2: the ball the most.
3: I guess. That's okay, the so Christian
2: McCaffrey gets the ball three. Go look at the touches. He gets the ball three times as much as Tyreek Hill does. Sure. Tyreek Hill is not, amazing. Dude, You know, like, I love me some Tyreek. I just don't
3: think he's the best pure running back. He's amazing. I didn't say
2: pure running back. I said weapon. He's the best overall weapon okay, at the running back, running back position.
3: I don't think he's the best running back in the NFL. So if I
2: you're don't. starting your team right now, you're taking Zeke I he's think Ezekiel Ezekiel Christian is the better
3: running back. Uh, pure I, running back. I, I totally disagree because
2: Zeke although I do love him, has benefited off things that Christian McCaffrey never has had. Ezekiel Elliott has had an offense built around an offensive line that was Hall of Fame worthy
3: across the board.
2: What has Christian McCaffrey Dude, ever know, had you, that? you
3: know that Ezekiel Elliott has had, what, 1,400 yards like three times, and he's led the league in rushing three times? My point, times? though, is
2: that it's easier for Ezekiel Elliott to do these types of things when he has the Dude, he talent the league, around him. He led the
3: league in rushing, what, two years ago, while catching
2: 77 passes. And you do realize that Christian McCaffrey's only had Cam Newton for about 11 games in his career? Dude. <laughs>
3: I'm just saying. This. I mean, you're acting like Zeke Elliott's numbers aren't better than. I love Zeke. Christian McCaffrey's. They I'm saying better.
2: that Christian McCaffrey has done a better job and has put up even better
3: numbers. No, he hasn't. Last year, this, he this did. last year, but Tra- let him do that four times in Chris a row. Christian McCaffrey's been in the
2: league for three years, Trev.
3: Okay, well, his numbers haven't been better than Zeke's till last year. That is and my Zeke point. He's getting
2: So right now, as it currently stands, I'm taking Christian McCaffrey because Zeke Elliott's numbers are dropping. Christians are going okay, up. So, so why was that argument with Michael Thomas? Michael, I just broke it down. No. The reason why Michael Thomas's numbers are so big, although he is an awesome wide receiver, the scheme he plays in they allow him to get these little undercuts because he gets the ball get-
3: more, just like McCaffrey.
2: That is no. Mike, McCaffrey plays a dual position. Michael Thomas is so you're coming not out the Michael Thomas field. for
3: getting all those catches because he gets the ball more. No,
2: I'm saying that Michael Thomas gets the ball the way he does because of the scheme he plays in. Not McCaffrey of too skillset. he
3: catches a shit ton of passes. But Chris
2: McCaffrey would be putting up those numbers in any position, any uh, team
3: he plays on because
2: they didn't have a true scheme We don't last know Michael year. Thomas. They have Rivera as our head coach. What scheme were they running in, Dude, in because Carolina? But he,
3: okay, but. The thing with Christian McCaffrey, he gets all the volume because they, they had, they've had no legitimate quarterback play the last couple of seasons because Cam's been hurt. They've been playing with third and second string guys. And he's still so over he, 2,000 yards. Right, because he gets the ball almost every single but play. But it wasn't
2: because of volume that Christian McCaffrey Absolutely was doing it. it was. Michael, dude, Christian McCaffrey was getting the numbers he was getting because of the fact he's great in open field. Of course. So that's the point. It's not because of I'm a I'm not scheme. saying he's not
3: great. I'm saying he is getting the volume. He's getting almost every. He's getting like 80% of their plays offensively, dude. Next question. <laughs> next that was, question. That was great. Should we go to the next ah, This
2: is like the odd couple. <laughs> Ron Swanson and the hizzy. All right, man. Stop next. it. Yeah, right. <laughs> they were
1: great. <laughs> <laughs> next question. Uh, Rajon Rondo being out due to a hand injury. What does this mean for the Lakers? Absolutely
2: nothing. Rayjean Rondo is basically a glorified he- a coach at this at this time. He was a weak link all season long. If you watch any Lakers games this year, he did more damage than good on the court. And I was talking about this. Oh, Trevor, you can vouch for me on this one. I had been saying that all year. Rayon Rondo is, is sorry. He is what? He is, he is, he, now, his, his mind is up there with LeBron James and all the strongest players in the NBA. There is no question. He is one of the most diligent players in He's the survived. NBA. Yeah. That dude knows basketball better than most coaches. I will give him that. I think he'll be a coach one he day. He is trash on the court anymore. You can ask anybody on the plus-minus side. That dude is horrible in the numbers category. And I am actually glad he won't be on the team, at least not for the next few weeks, because of the fact this opens up the opportunity for Caruso and KCP to get their opportunity, who are two significantly better players at this posi- at this time. I am all for Rajon Rondo not being on the team right now because I think they're a better team without him on the court.
3: Um, I think, I think the fact that Avery Bradley is gone, it, it does signify you know his, his the need for rondo i think rondo is going to be needed for this team um i disagree with you that i do think he's going to be needed just for his expertise for his knowledge his just like a jared jared dudley i think he's obviously on a better higher tier than jared dudley but those kind of guys are important for this locker room um and especially i think i think Rondo's actually going to be utilized as that second group point guard i think he's going to run the offense when the when bronze off the floor because he's honestly the perfect guy just to go out there and run the offense facilitate we don't need him to score we don't need him to play lockdown defense because he simply at this point of his career can't but i think he, i think rondo is going to be important when it comes because rondo's had good runs even if what a couple years back with uh, that new orleans team. He, he was really good in that series uh with with uh with the boogie and, and and ad so i think you know he can come in there with coups depending how they're gonna what their second group is going to be i think rondo could be that facilitator that that true point guard for that second crew um i think caruso is going to get a lot of starting minutes um, which I like, but anyways, I I don't I didn't expect Rondo to get a lot of minutes. Period. When he's he's not a starter for this. When him and LeBron are on the same in, in the same lineup, it just doesn't mesh well because they're both similar players as far as like what they want to do. They want to drive and dish, or you know, or, or make the play. Um, so I think he's better for that second group. Which I think he will be needed. It it is it is disheartening a little bit to keep losing guys on this team. You know, I know they picked up J.R. Smith off the, the street. The Clippers are
2: dropping like flies, too, man. Uh, Shema, Shema, uh,
3: that's a big Montrez loss. Montrez
2: Harold? Yeah.
3: What happened to uh, him? He, he had a
2: family emergency. They're saying that he might be gone for a couple weeks. Oh, wow.
3: Yeah. there's um,
2: Like The Clippers are losing players yeah, right Montrez
3: now. doesn't get back in time. That's devastating for them. That's we don't the know what's going on with their, Kawhi Leonard? That's their energy guy. We, wow. we don't even know if Kawhi's healthy. Yeah, he... God, he better be at this point. I mean, he's been sitting. Yeah. I think there's more questions
2: on the Clippers than there are the Lakers right well, we'll now. We'll see if Paul George even shows up in the playoffs. Because the, so, yeah. the Lakers star players are
3: healthy. They're ready to go. Right, right. The Clippers, I, yeah. we don't know. This isn't, this isn't like, oh my God, moment. It's, yeah. it's a finger. He'll, it, it'll heal. He should be ready by the time the playoffs are here. Um, I, I, I like Rondo. I like him as a player for the second group. But for him missing the entire rest of the, the whatever, eight games until the, the playoffs come, it's, they're going to get by. They're going to keep that one seed. They're going to be fine. When they need him for the playoffs, he'll come in there and use his knowledge and, I think, run the second uh, group offense. It's not, a, it's not a, a big blow to them right now at all. So, yeah. All
0: right,
1: cool, cool. All right, next question. So James Harden wore a thin blue line, which uh, thin blue lines is a support for the police, uh, face mask, and is getting so much backlash for it. Though he has said he only wore it because he thought it looks cool. I uh, want to hear your thoughts on that.
2: I'm going to give James Harden the, a significant benefit of the doubt. First of all, let me let me just say, I, I, I think it's, I, I do believe that he didn't have any real intention behind this one. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Biggest reason why is because if anybody knows the whole fiasco between, you know, Blue Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter is because Blue Lives Matter was created to counter Black Lives Matter. That's the only reason because it never existed beforehand. So whenever you see somebody you know, back in the blue or whatever you want to call that, that is somebody that is, whether they're knowing it or not, are basically combating Black Lives Matter. The reason why I'm giving James the significant benefit of the doubt here is because of the fact of all the things he's been so outwardly and and, and overly vocal on when it comes to Black Lives Matter and how much he's shown support and he's donated and he's been out there and he's put his face behind things and he's been out there up front and talking about these things. I, I don't know... I think James is a very smart person, very calculated person. I don't want to sit here and say I know what he was thinking. I'm just saying I don't believe that he was doing it in a way to cause confusion, although it did. I don't think that was his intention. I think that he was he happened to wear something that either was that or looked similar to it. I honestly, I will be honest with you right now, and I have not looked into this enough. I was, Before the show tonight, I watched PTI, and I saw them talking about it. I got their take on it. It was pretty much the same thing that I'm kind of feeling naturally is I just I don't think this is really something that we need to look into too much.
3: Yeah, there's a difference between Blue Lives Matters and Thin Blue Line. The thin blue line is just a it's a slogan for the police to that they, you know, they're the ones that draw the line for society and what, you know, how to keep things, you know, from abrupt abrupting becoming chaos it's kind of just a cool slogan for the police which is fine i support the police you know do your thing that's you know as long as we know we're doing what we're supposed to be doing you know the correct way so on so on i i don't think james harden intended to do anything as politically here i don't think he needs that attention quite frankly he wants it um he's not that kind of guy he's he's never the guy that's in the headlines for like wanting attention he's not that guy he's more of a you know more on the quiet side of things. Unless
2: he's wearing his jersey at a strip club,
3: I'm not saying he doesn't. He doesn't being that that big of a star. You don't want attention, but I think politically, I don't think he, he's never been that guy politically ever. He's never been a guy to speak out much about that stuff. Um, he can leave that all to Russ because Russ will take care of that. Um, I think it was a I think it was a Punisher skull mask thing too. He, he, I think he just liked the design of it and, it and it was big enough to cover his big ass beard. Yeah, I think yeah. he just I don't think it was intentional. I think somebody might have given it to him. I'm questioning the person that gave it to him without telling him what it was. I mean, I, either way, it's not a bad. Even if he did wore it, wore it to, you know, support the police. The timing's a little odd if that was the case, but it, even if he was, you can't. That's not even that big of a deal. I just think I think everything is attention-grabbing, attention-seeking right now. Everything is so clickbaity. This is just another one of those things to, you know, to get clicks. It's fucking annoying, honestly. At this point, you know, social media, just everyone's just in dire need of attention. And that wasn't what he was seeking, I don't believe, so... Yeah. I'm giving them a pass. I think Boston show.
2: Cream Party gave that one to him. I think they because you know, they, they want attention so bad. Eddie, you're going to have to try harder because that one didn't get me triggered, man. I, I think you're good. losing a step. I know. I am. I think, right. I think I think you blew your load in those first couple I, questions, man.
3: I am.
1: <laughs> Fucking had to rearrange. Drink some Gatorade. And get rehydrated. Yeah, <laughs> now you're all sleepy <laughs> and groggy. <laughs> all right. So, next question. NFLPA and the NFL are yet to come to an agreement regarding uh, the procedures to ensure player safety. Teams like the Chiefs and the Titans report on Monday, and some players, including Mahomes, have tweeted about why it has taken so long to get some sort of a deal or agreement going. Uh, going, will we see an NFL season this year?
2: Absolutely. There's a hundred. I a hundred percent believe we're getting a season this year because of the fact, not just because I've seen the the teleconference they confirmed today and they talked about how all systems are go. Um, the money that is involved, the way that they're going to have to... They're going to have to make their money because these TV deals and TV contracts are just looming there. Um, They've even been talking about the the capacity that they're going to allow in stands. I don't feel like those conversations are even being had if they don't have all 100% confidence and belief that they're going to have a season. Now, we talked to Kent Swanson from Arrowhead Pride last week about how, you know, if we do in fact have a season, will it be a full season? Now, that's the question I really would like to have because... I don't know if we'll be able to get all 16 games in because of the way that things go up and down when it comes to the COVID spikes. That's going to be something I can see. Like, we've seen the NBA season completely come to a halt. And then a few months later, they're finishing it out in a different, unprecedented type of way. Mm. That is possible for the NFL. We could see something like into the spring where this NFL season could be trying to finish itself off. I don't think that's going to happen. I have have the utmost faith that we're going to find a way to get through this season on a normal basis. I actually think it's going to be almost boring because of how crazy things have been for the first seven months of this year. That once the NFL season kicks in, I think that some normalcy is going to start to kick in. I'm not saying you're going to see 70,000 people in a stand this year. In fact, I don't expect that at all. I'd be shocked if we see fans at all. But the fact that there's even conversation that fans will be allowed at some degree tells me the NFL knows without question... We are playing football this year. We're going to get it. We're going to have a Super Bowl champion, and we're going to have another parade in Kansas City.
3: Yeah, I mean the Illuminati wants you know th- set in stone, and the numerology tells us you know that that, <laughs> <Larry> <laughs> that, Johnson. The, that the Chiefs are this supposed you, Larry to win, Johnson. the Chiefs are supposed. Yeah, yeah, LJ, welcome to the show. Come welcome on, welcome to then. the show, LJ, um, friend of, the, the, show. Friend friend of the, friend the show. Numerology. The numerology tells us that the Chiefs are supposed to win. Five hundred three
2: million is the devil's number. So,
3: <laughs> um, all jokes aside, I do believe the NFL, the King, the Shield. We'll have a season de- depending on you know what they do with the fans. I don't know about that. I think I think there's going to be limited fans probably the whole season. If I'm being honest, um, I think uh, the MLB is going to go with that approach, similar to that approach. There's just too much money to be lost, um, and you know, and I, and I think this country, quite frankly, needs the NFL to be here. I think college football is going to be is going to go on too. I don't know how they're going to handle all that as well because that's way more people and that's way more players to even worry about than the nfl has to worry about so that's a whole other giant of issue there and they start their season earlier than the nfl so that's that's the one that could be questioned more than the nfl i think the nfl is going to be fine um depending on you know when training camps really get kicked off i think everything is going to be a little delayed like you said there might be a chance it might be a 14 game season possibly um who knows i th- i think i lean more towards that we'll get a full season fuck the preseason games we don't need that Um, we never needed those to begin with, but, um, yeah, I, I think we'll get a full season. The the fans thing is going to be a little rocky depending on how many people they can, you know, uh, as far as the capacity goes, I think that's going to be rocky the whole year. But, um, yeah, I, 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 like I said, the numerology tells us, no, I'm just kidding. I I just, I think we're going to get a full season for sure. 2020 plus
2: 503 million equals 666. So, I'm, I just listen to Infowars. Sorry, guys. I mean, take up with them. The end take up with them. We Alex are, Jones and Larry Johnson are my guide. To light, Okay. We are, we
1: are in the end times again.
2: Yeah. Right. Get canceled.
1: All right. Next question. Does this scandal force Dan Snyder out of Washington? I don't think it's going to.
2: Um, and now that's that's where we're at now. Okay. Now I do believe there's going to be a lot more that comes out. And as it currently stands, if this was all that came out, and I'm not trust me when I say I am not downplaying this shit. Because that motherfucker makes me sick to my stomach because I do believe he's a piece of shit. If this is all we get out of this right now, I don't think the NFL is going to try to justify having him removed Donald Sterling style. Mm. But if and when we find out more things that come to light that do correlate with Dan Snyder, maybe not directly, but adjacent, I do believe it will be justified. Because the NFL can't afford to have this type of situation on their hands. They are already dealing with a racial divide. They're still dealing with Colin Kaepernick's saga. They're still handling that. Because he's not even in the league yet, and they're still trying to figure out ways to patch up all that. They can't handle this too, because because Washington's already changing their name. They're already doing something that's unprecedented. They've been in the league 87 years. And this is changing. This is history in the making. You can't double down on the same franchise with the same type of bullshit. Fifteen names have come out. Not names officially. One is official because she doesn't work for the team anymore. The other ones were afraid of losing their jobs, that's why they had to keep anonymity. That won't last very much longer. Those names are gonna to start to come out. And if we've seen anything over the last couple of years, when these types of stories come out, it only gets worse for the people that are accused of being the suspect. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I don't think if it gets any worse, I don't think Dan Snyder survives this one. Because if we know anything, there's also other people of interest like Jeff Bezos that is trying to get into the into that realm. And I think he's going to eventually. So whether you want to call it a smear campaign or whatever you want to call it, I think Dan Snyder is deserving of what's coming to him. Because I have, I, like we talked yesterday, I don't give this man the benefit of the doubt. Because he's, he's never given me a reason to. All I've ever heard from former executives and former players, like DJ Swearinger came out today and crapped all over Dan Snyder and Jay Gruden. There's a reason for that. Yeah. There is Where there's smoke, there is fire. As yeah. cliche as that it sounds, that is the truth. And, I, and if and when this this continues to show more skeletons in that
3: closet of Dan Snyder's, I don't think he survives. Either. Yeah, if anybody's reputation's fucked here, it's Jay Gruden. I mean, that guy, I mean, all these reports coming out about all that, it's just been, that's rough for him to bear that yeah. um, or be exposed about that. But yeah, I don't think he's going to lose his job unless, like like you said, this, this can become a pile-up, you know, me-too type of thing where, you know, I expected more to come out today if there was if there was anything on Snyder. I was expecting today to kind of be a pileup opportunity for whoever, like you know, any female. If he did anything to anybody, that was, this was their moment to kind of do it. So the fact that nothing came out yet kind of keeps him in the clear for now because we've we've heard for you know over the years anybody who's you know tied to that 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 organization, he's kind of a distant owner. He's not really involved. He's out of town a lot. He's out of the country a lot on vacations a lot. So I, there chances of things happening underneath his, you know you know without him knowing about it. There's probably a good lot, you know, a a good amount of things that could have took place without him ever really knowing about it. Especially with you know players and coaches and keep things under you know under wraps and you know or paying off people to stay quiet. Who knows what 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 Gruden and these players were doing, Um, or hooking up with the same people for Christ's sake, Um, pimping out cheerleaders and shit. Um, But yeah, you would think it's hard to believe that he didn't know about any of this going on. It is hard to believe that logically. But at the same time, you know, when you're that rich and you just simply own the team, you're not as involved as a lot of other owners are with their, you know, their 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 teams. It's, it's a possibility. It doesn't seem very probable. Well, but to that point, we talked about bounty
2: gate mm-hmm. uh, with the Saints. Yeah. Was that five six years ago? Yep. When. Roger Goodell came out and banned uh, Sean Payton and Greg Robinson for the entire was it 2015 season 2016? Yeah, like everybody got banned for like that entire year, right? Yeah. The key statement that Roger Goodell said in that was, "Ignorance is not an excuse." So, if in fact Dan Snyder is ignorant to these things, We're talking
3: about owners, but, but it's not a head still
2: judge. his organization and he's allowing this stuff to go on, pretending like he doesn't see it, it's out of sight, out of mind, you're just as guilty. Yeah, but Goodell works
3: for these owners i get that my that's point a though is dynamic. If,
2: if goodell is going to stand by that statement he needs to stand God. by that statement you can't he, say he, he, that he only can, when it comes to coaches
3: it's yeah he can measure his dick with the coaches though because they're beneath him the owners are above goodell that's but that makes I, it that makes roger goodell a hypocrite if he doesn't stand by that statement no he should he should definitely come out and say something about it and put it on notice but i don't think he can just up and up and Get Snyder out of there. I didn't say
2: that. I'm saying that he yeah. needs to come out and be consistent yeah, with, with his that. approach. Yeah, I'm not saying because Greg Kudel quite frankly doesn't have that power. No, yeah, yeah. He would have to get the majority vote. Right. So what I'm saying is but that Gidell, if he did,
3: he might get the majority. Vote. needs
2: to position himself yeah. in a in a, pl- in a place where he's like, look, I did this f- f- a few years ago with coaches. Uh-huh. The standards got to be even higher for the
3: owners. Oh yeah, got to be consistent. For sure. I know
2: that these are his technically his bosses. The point though is that he has a job to do, and his job is to keep this this f- this league as clean cut as possible. Dan Snyder is not good for the NFL. I said a clean
3: house. That's Yeah, yeah Dan Snyder
2: is not good for the NFL.
3: No, I'm with
2: you on that. All right. And one. fuck Jake Rudin. Jesus, man. Mm.
3: That guy. What an asshole, I want to I tell you
1: what, my brother's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question for you guys. So, Texas wide receiver Kenny Stills was arrested in Kentucky with 86 other people for protesting the police killing of Breonna Taylor and is now facing felony charges. I want to hear your
2: thoughts on that. Well, the good thing is, is that since that came out, the charges actually dropped today. So I'm um, very happy to hear that because Kenny still did literally nothing wrong. Um, I understand that they wanted to try to give technicalities of him being destructive or whatever they wanted to call it. The point is he was peacefully protesting. broke no laws. Didn't cause any real harm to anybody. Um, Kenny Stills is actually, I have a ton of respect for Kenny Stills because he's been somebody that throughout the entire Kaepernick saga yeah. has been somebody that has has kneeled and has been vocal. He's acted, Even before that. The reason why the Dolphins traded him yeah. to the Texans was for that very reason because the, their 90-year-old white fans were getting pissed at him for kneeling during home games. You know, the 19 that show up every game. So, you know, Kenny Stills is somebody I have a high level of regard and respect for because he has actually backed up what he has said and what he has felt through the duration of his career. Um, Yeah, I'm very happy to hear that they dropped the charges. The charges should have never been there to begin with. This has all just been a complete waste of time, and I'm I'm expecting lawsuits from Kenny Stills' side of this entire situation too because it was a complete waste of his time and should have never suffered any type of consequence.
3: Yeah, I don't know... I don't know too much about what he actually did to to deserve to be deserving or even threatened with felony charges. Um, that if you're peacefully protesting, I don't like. I said I don't know. I didn't read too far into it of, of what he actually did as far as his, well, like what his actions that, were.
1: All I know they were marching uh, towards the attorney general's house.
3: Okay. I mean, you can't that's, stand out on the street by someone's know, house. Uh, that's just
1: uh, <laughs> the. That's that's what they're wording. I don't know what they actually did when they got there.
3: Yeah, I don't. I, there's a lot I can say about that why someone would feel threatened about that but if they're peacefully protesting I, why him of all the people you know what were wh- all the other you know people that were there you know why aren't they getting charged is it just because he has you know a stage and he, they can try to make an example out of him that's what it kind of feels like um, well I'd, yeah. say, I'd say he did about as much as Breonna Taylor did Jesus yeah uh, ah yeah. yeah that's right that's
2: exactly right because of the fact that these both are innocent people and he's simply trying to express his anger and frustration for people like her being murdered in her own house. So, yeah. yeah, he did about as much as she did. Let me just put it like that. You can research it. I mean, the, the reason it got, the charges got dropped that quickly is because they knew they didn't have shit on him. Right. It's basically like those it's conversations like, like, like are, yeah. you, are you detaining me or not? Am I arrested or not? No, I'm free to go. Cool, I'm out. That's exactly what the situation was. They're yeah. trying to make an example of him. Didn't work.
3: Trying to turn him into a felon. I mean, Hold felony charges, that's, I mean, you can't, you can't just... You know, put faux felony charges on people. That's just weird, man. That's why I said
2: I expect lawsuits on his end because yeah, there was just... nothing that came of this. And knowing, knowing him, him he
3: probably will. Yeah. That's... Justice should be served, man. I can't, I don't have too much to say about it because I don't know all the details about, you know, and this is one of those things, too, where it's kind of muddy because you know, it was kind of like there wasn't too many details out there about why he really got charged with felony issue like charges. So I don't have too much to say about it. I just, I, I definitely it felt bogus from the get-go when I first read about it cuz I know him he's always been a clean cut guy, you know, as far as his record and stuff, but he's always stood for what he felt was right. I don't see him as a violent type person out there, so I think he'll he's obviously in the clear now with the with the with it being dropped, but yeah. Strange for sure.
2: That's that it? That, yeah. Man, It went like, we were like up here, and then like the mountain slide just like went yeah. like this, and now we're like at this like calm, comatose <laughs> level. We need to bring it back up, all right? Because we're going to take a quick break. Take, you know, eat your Wheaties, drink your Gatorade <laughs> or Jack Daniels, whatever you got. Because when we get back, we're going back to the Chiefs, guys. Believe it or not. I'm going to tell you why. I am 100% confident that the Chiefs are not only going to run it back, they're going to run it back with me. Heard that correctly. move back
1: to that after this. Midcoast Modern is a Kent City focus on modern, handmade, and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers artists from the mid coast and bring in goods from makers artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection.
0: Whoa! whoa. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast, episode
2: number four. I am your host Lance Twidwell, here inside the KCPN studios with my guys Trevor Twinwell. what's good, Eddie Ortiz, what's and the one and only Miss Gat. Man, Eddie, you got to chill with these uh, Eddie hours, bro. I mean, like, maybe we should like like get the show started with these so we can just like get more fired K-J, up as the show. Yeah. Just, I'm telling you, man, that's like the igniter. That's well done, man. That's well done. There's some good questions. Keep that shit rolling, man. And your fan base is obviously loving it on the chat thank as well. Thank you, thank so. you, thank yeah. you. <laughs> I wonder if Billy's out there like championing for you right now. Is it just him and Donnie like yeah. going like back and forth? And it's just I don't know where
3: Billy
2: is. Where is Billy, oh, man, Eddie? Can you text know. him? Maybe like you know, he's probably at home. FaceTime him.
1: Getting dinner ready. Is he yeah. is he on the
2: beach? Is he on the beach with Brett?
1: Making flapjacks tonight. Exactly. I'm making yeah. flapjacks. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Are you bringing home the mimosas and shit? Oh yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we're gonna bring it back to the Chiefs land, my guys. We got our guy Beach season over here with Eddie. You know, we're talking Chiefs pretty much all night long, which is what we love doing the most. I, I left off the last segment wanting to let you guys know that. I'm feeling really confident about this team going into 2020. And I, and I know we all say, well, no shit, Lance, of course. But I'm going to give you some reasons. The Chiefs are without question primed and ready to repeat as Super Bowl champions. Sure, it, w- it will not be easy. In fact, it's going to be insanely difficult. But given the fact that the Chiefs have 91% of their, their Super Bowl winning roster coming back, their entire coaching staff returning, the best football player in the world is their quarterback, Spags has another year with this defense and retain Chris Jones in a season that will be riddled with an unpredictable and unprecedented pandemic still at large the Chiefs have so many clear cut advantages over even their greatest opposition because no other team in the NFL has all that going for them as they go into the 2020 season but there's something else that I haven't heard anyone else address that I will tonight and that's the glaring difference between Patrick Mahomes and the AFC quarterback peers. No, I'm not going to make this into a talent argument because that's pointless. We all know that no one matches Mahomes in the talent department in the NFL, let alone the AFC. I'm talking about the fact that if you look at the top quarterbacks in the AFC that don't have the last name Mahomes, they do not compare to Mahomes when it comes to playoff performances and success. In just five playoff games, Mahomes has thrown 13 touchdowns, thirteen touchdowns, rushed for three more, has thrown only two interceptions, completed 63% of his passes with a 107 quarterback rating. Oh, and has a Super Bowl MVP. Not bad. Not bad. If you look at the top young AFC quarterbacks with playoff experience, which is Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and Josh Allen, you will see that in a combined six playoff games... They have a combined 7 passing touchdowns, 2 rushing touchdowns, 4 interceptions, completing less than 50% of their passes, with a 65 quarterback rating and a grand total of 0 Super Bowl MVPs. And you can add Cam Newton and Phillip Rivers into the equation, who have been much better in the playoffs in totality with 24 combined touchdowns, with an honest combined completion percentage of 60%, and an 85 quarterback rating. Can't ignore the 17 interceptions and 8 fumbles, though, but even with Cam and Rivers equated, do we honestly trust that either or both of them can survive going toe-to-toe with Pat and the plethoras? Cam is coming off a year-long injury on a new, less talented team that won't have OTAs in much of a training camp going into the season. And Rivers is 38 on a new team with the same offseason issues that Cam will have. Mahomes is comfortable and confident and is more proven than any of these opposing AFC quarterbacks. To me at this point, there's only one true
3: contender in the AFC and that's the chiefs. Trevor, what are your thoughts? No, I mean, I'm right there with you, man. There's the AFC is definitely taking a dip with a lot of, like you said, with Brady, obviously exiting, uh, Phillip rivers, going to the Colts. We don't know how well that's going to go. Uh, we don't know what the next chapter of drew Locke is going to be. He could be one of those, you know, flash in the pan kind of guys ended this first year, uh, you know, with, with a pretty solid finish and they can come back and be absolute shit. Um, to Rod Taylor led chargers. I mean, I would have been more scared of cam if he went to the chargers, honestly, cause I feel as a, just a better roster in general, uh, surrounded with more talent. So the fact that he's in new England, the lesser talent roster, but obviously with a well-coached team, I still don't fear them. There's just no one. There's no one outside of the, the Ravens who I think we're still a tier above them. Um, Really, really like you know, everyone else is pretty much ankle biting us, man. Everyone's you know, fighting to 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 find their future. Still, there's just so many. I mean, the AFC is already pretty much wrapped up. It's it's a two man, it's a two team race, obviously, like with the Ravens and us, um, like or the NFL for you know, in, in totality. I mean, there's there's no question. We have the best roster. We're, we we got we kept all of our talent from last year. We have a Super Bowl roster again heading into this next season. So it. Yeah, it's really nonsensical to even argue against that. Who ha, who who is set up, you know, in the NFL uh for the best run, who has the best roster, who has the best quarterback? You just go down the list and it's damn near everything is the Chiefs. Best coach right now is Andy Reid. And, you know, every everything down you go down the list right now, it's 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 Kansas City. So, I mean, you you're not going to get much of an argument from me with, with from that. So.
1: I mean, other than the like you guys said, other than the Ravens, I don't think in the AFC, I don't think there's much competition for the Chiefs. Uh, yeah. The Ravens will give the Chiefs a run for their money, you Steelers know? Steelers
3: could be one of those sneaky teams. Yeah. Depending how good I, Big Ben is this year.
1: I don't think Big They're Ben's... always gonna, a competitor. Big Ben's not going to be Big Ben anymore. Uh, that arm is not we'll, going to be... Yeah, and he's anymore. 38. We'll see. And he's... Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be the I mean, they the won, won nine games last year eight. without him. Yeah, they eight games. Eight. That's Their schedule thing. was pretty light, though, yeah. That's yeah. insane. And Mike Tomlin, you never know. Uh, But... Other than the Ravens, I don't see I don't see another AFC team that that can literally challenge the Chiefs to to where, you know, you have to worry about like uh, within the division you have the Chargers who have a, a solid roster but lack the the quarterback position which is the most important position in the entire uh, game. Yeah. Uh, so. That that's not scary. Then you got the Broncos. Broncos. They, got they, the Broncos too. drafted really well. Really, really well. Uh, but we don't know what Drew Locke is yet. Right. Uh, we're, we're still trying to figure him out. If he comes out beasting like he did at the end of last season, they can give us a little bit of a run for our money. But I think that you still have just a better roster overall. Mm. Uh, but, yeah. In uh, the AFC, I don't see nobody... Uh, being being in the same category as the Ravens and the Chiefs, so yeah. Let I mean. me l-
2: and let me add to my point here. Because we understand that the NFL amongst all maybe more than any other league in American sports is so unpredictable. I mean you're gonna have your top tier teams throughout time. You always have your dynasties, but there's always those teams that come out of nowhere. Like last season, I was maybe the only person that had any any real expectations out of the
3: Titans. Okay? I was on the Bills. The Bills, were...
2: Yeah, and the Bills ended up being a good playoff team. Yeah. They ended up making the playoffs. They should have won that game they against should've. the Texans, right? People had high expectations of the Cowboys. I don't know why. I mean, I know they have a good roster, but let's be honest. That team was a joke to begin with. We knew they were frauds, and they ended up being I mean, the that. quarterback sucks, So We can talk about that. The point, the point, the point, the point <laughs> I'm trying to make, though, is I don't want to make it sound as if it's, it's already over. Wrap it up. Chiefs are going to win no matter what. I understand there's an unpredictability factor. I know there's injury factors to play in. I know there's a lot of things to factor in. But if we're looking, okay, look quarterback is the most important position. And it, and you can't ignore the fact that Lamar Jackson has choked in both playoff games he's played to this point. And let's not pretend also that he didn't have the better team in both of his playoff games. Especially in 2019. They should have walloped that, that Titans team. Yeah. That Titans team was on the back of Derek John Henry. That was Lamar Jackson's chance. Ryan Sandhill had like a less than a hundred passing yards in that game. They should have won that game. You're the MVP, and you shit the bed like that.
3: It's inexcusable. It Maybe look stupid, man. The
2: Ravens are a complete bunch. They're gonna put. They're gonna be fun as hell in. they favorite.
3: They're the only team I think in the NFL is favorite in every single game.
2: Yeah, they, yeah, and they have a light flight schedule. I think they fly like six thousand miles this year, yeah. which is insanely short distances, right? They're playing the AFC uh, East, I think, this year. It's perfect for them. Yeah. Okay. Great. Awesome. Are the AFC North? Maybe I forget. They are gonna have. They're gonna be a fun team. But right now, as it currently stands, being a Lamar Jackson guy, I was one of the few people out there that said he's going to be the best, most successful quarterback out of his draft class with Sam Darnold and, and Baker Mayfield. Regardless, the point remains, he has not gotten it done in the playoffs. Deshaun Watson, love Deshaun Watson. Hasn't gotten it done in the playoffs. Beat a unproven Bills team. That's about it. Doesn't have the roster in right now either. Exactly, and the Texans. Exactly, the Texans have Bill O'Brien running shit. Well, he got rid of DeAndre Hopkins. So what you have to look at? What do you have to look at? A 38 year old Philip Rivers on a new team without OTAs and most of the training camp and no preseason, and Cam Newton, which we don't know what we're gonna get. I do believe he's gonna he's gonna play well, Definitely but motivated. he doesn't have the roster around him. We've already talked about it. Yeah, they don't have the roster to go toe to toe with the Chiefs. So. I don't want to assume anything, but if we're just looking at everything from an unbiased, impartial point of view, there is nobody in the AFC that comes close to the Chiefs. I understand, again, the Ravens have a complete team. But when it comes to the playoffs, can Lamar Jackson turn that on? Because we haven't to, seen him do it When it, it comes yet.
3: down to the coaches, we've seen Harbaugh go, his, his chances against Andy Reid are just not very high. Andy Reed, Andy, when Andy Reid faces his own coaches, most of the time he beats them. Yeah. You know, most of the guys that come from his coaching tree. Right. He's beat Harbaugh the last two times with Lamar Jackson. So, I mean...
2: And there could be a surprise team. There could be a Dolphins team that, almost always that flourishes. Yeah. Tua could come out there and, and, and light up light up the scoreboard. I want to see that. Honestly. Sam Darnold can mm-hmm. lead the Jets somehow. I don't know how that's going to happen, but it could happen. I'm, I'm just trying to give some like, possibilities yeah. here. There could the be Bills some surprise... take the next step. Yeah, there could be a surprise team that come... The Broncos, you talked about the Broncos. Yeah. I don't buy into them personally yet. I think, Drew, I think Drew Locke has promise... But I I think they're still a year away because Vic Fangio is still their head coach. And I don't believe in Vic Vic Fangio. And I don't trust John Elway. I don't think he's built a great roster around Drew Locke yet. I think they had a good draft. But one thing we do know about the draft is what? They're very young and are unproven. We don't know what Jerry Judy is going to be this year. We have no idea. We have no idea what these guys are going to be. They might be good. They might be a solid team. But they're
3: in the AFC West. Am I going to take
2: them seriously when it comes to the comparison of the Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs? Am I really going to put them in that same echelon? I've heard my guy Colin Coward say that he expects the Broncos to be a 10-plus win team this year. I, I don't that's see. That's fine. You can still miss the playoffs. I, but I don't see it. I don't yeah. see how this team is going to rack up that many wins and put themselves in that category, like you said, Eddie, early on about putting themselves in the conversation. Until I can see these teams prove themselves, I'm not doing it. The only team in the AFC right now, as currently constructed, that's proven is the Chiefs. This is why I've been telling you guys for the last year. The only team I'm picking to beat the Chiefs in the playoffs is who? The Chiefs. Because they're the only team good enough to beat them. And do, it's to beat I do, themselves. I do
3: think the Steelers are that team, though, this year. I'm going to put they, it out they, there right they now. Can't, I think, they can't the seriously be that team. I think we're sleeping on how good that defense is. That they, defense was an they awesome they defense
2: year. last year, and they'll be an awesome defense this year. Uh,
3: Big Ben's can't even complete passes right now, man. I don't know. I, I just, but I know James Conner is definitely looking good. That's a great running back there. I think he's awesome when he's healthy, but he's been dealing with injuries. But I think Juju could take the next step. Uh, I've always been a big Juju fan, so I, I'm just saying. I think the Steelers are going to be that team. I think they're going to make that that division competitive this year. I'm just going to put it out there now.
2: There's the, you look at these teams like the Browns. Maybe they'll do something, right? Yeah. Uh, the Steelers, maybe the Browns, maybe, should, maybe. Jesus Christ, man! But see, but everything we're talking about yeah. is maybes. We're talking about oh,
3: possibly. Well, could I've happen. seen it with Big Ben. Before. We I've
2: know what we get before. from the Chiefs. Yeah, 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 oh. There's a certainty with this team. There is no, no, no certainties yeah. with any other team. There's no comp. Again, the Ravens are going to be up there. We we know that they're going to be fighting for that one seed with the Chiefs. There's no question about it. Yeah. But we don't know what we're going to get from the Ravens in the playoffs. We don't know what we're going to get from the well, Titans in the playoffs right now, if they get there. Let's we'll see if they
3: can change. It. Right, right.
2: Are we expecting To step up from any of these teams? I don't know. I don't know. All I do know is that we are going to have our guy and his team in the playoffs once again in a position Uh to host another AFC championship and to get to another Super Bowl, which should have been their third straight, if we're being honest here. Again, I don't want to sound arrogant here. I don't see how the Chiefs don't run it back. I don't see it. I don't see how the Chiefs don't get right back to where they were this last last season. Yeah, I think it's the most probable
3: outcome in the NFL this year. We're starting to
2: feel what the Patriots fans felt. Where you just knew that the, if you can just win that one playoff game after getting that bye, you're in the AFC Championship. Yeah. They were in the what? Did the, the, the Patriots went to what six, six or seven straight AFC Championships. You don't think the Chiefs could do that? Look, the way the AFC is constructed, and the way the Chiefs are, their their trajectory. You don't think the Chiefs could reel off five or six straight AFC Championships? They've already been to two straight. And, it's, know, not,
3: the, and it's not even just the talent that we have; it's just the, the camaraderie that we have, the community that we have built. With, with this Chiefs team, man, with these players, with bringing Chris Jones back and the hype that's going to bring, too. You know, all these Absolutely. guys are so stoked for each other. There's not one guy in the locker room that's kind of a cancer. Everyone's a collective, a collective group. And that's the, that's the thing that sets us apart, man. That's the thing that makes us so different is the fact that Mahomes is who he is. You know, he's out there just living his life and, and, and doing what he can to keep guys around him because he knows that it takes a team to win. And this, this team just has a different feel, man, than any other team in the NFL. I'm not even saying that just because that's my team. I just the, the fact that they're champions too. like we've seen numerous teams win championships and then like, you know, there's that hangover or, you know, it's quiet or pieces get moved, you know, guys leave and there's just a different, you know, then they have to rebuild that camaraderie in the locker room. This it's it's consistent. It's rare that everybody sticks together again to make another run. That's very rare. And it just has that has that rare feeling. Well, there. they're
2: they're one of those few teams that have ever won that look like they're really having fun together. Because, it's not,
3: and it's but it's not like we're, these guys are like making a last minute push in their careers. Yeah. These are young guys right. in their prime. And I
2: think that's what excites them. I think that's what excites everybody yeah. is knowing that they have a twenty four year old phenom right. quarterback. It's it's one of those like un, like you have a, a gym. like this this is a rare gym you have in your hands. How could you not be excited about that? Like this is giving Andy Reid years in his career. I really yeah. believe that if if he had a bunch of more retread quarterbacks following Alex Smith I think Andy Reid already called it quits I'm like you know what I enjoyed my career I'm a Hall of Fame head yeah. coach all this other stuff I'm bowing
3: out we're lucky man we got lucky it, it's really a did.
2: second wind and yeah. I think that second wind is showing and especially Trevor you just broke down all the talent which is all adequate all 100% true and
3: it's valid we've seen we've the, seen talented teams fail the, though the
2: opposing, the opposing talent and yeah. the opposing quarterback situations that we're in that are around the Chiefs are what gives me supreme confidence sure because although we already have that gym in Patrick Mahomes, the Ferrari, like Louis Riddick likes to call him, mm-hmm. which is exact, that's exactly what he is, mm-hmm. everybody else is playing catch-up. Because even, like, we talk about how, yes, the Chiefs are going to have to figure out ways to start building this team around Patrick Mahomes in 2022, 23 through 27 through 28, all these other years— mm. Everybody else is going to still be playing catch-up, though, because the Chiefs continue to put talent around him that continues to elevate the yeah, team. the pressure's on Where everyone these other else. Teams, yeah. These other teams are relying on their quarterback to elevate talent. The Chiefs are giving How many times, how 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 many times do talent?
3: championship teams win the championship mm-hmm. and have all the pressure on them to repeat? I, I doubt any of these guys in this team feel pressure to repeat. They feel like it's an opportunity to. They're like, these guys are grasping at this opportunity. They're not like, oh, man you know, everyone's going to be, you know, gunning for us, you know. I think these guys are just, like, so hungry for it again. I think, that it's a di- like I said, it's just a different feel. Well,
2: shit, you're combined. seeing guys like Matthew Judon tweet now, yeah. like, hey, how's the real estate yeah. out there? PC Tyron Matthew. This is, yeah, this is the you most know? Magnet, like,
3: magnetizing thing Star players
2: on, on teams that you're probably going to be facing in the playoffs. Yeah, you're bound to hit eventually. You're bound to collide. Matthew Judon's out there going, Wyd what, what, Chiefs? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what, you guys little, up? You know, hey, big, hey big tank, head, right? you up? Yeah, yeah he's yeah. he's pissed about his contract. So. This is what Come we're on, talking baby. about. The <laughs> Chiefs are the they are the top dog in every regard. They're having fun. They're killing it. They're having. They have the best player in the world. I think they have the best coach right now in the NFL. I've been saying that for months now. I think Andy Reid is the best coach in the NFL yeah, right now. Everything is clicking. Nobody else has that AFC. If, 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 if not, we can address the NFC. That's going to be a whole other challenge because there are worthy opponents in the NFC.
3: Oh, yeah, NFC is loaded.
2: I can't wait to talk about our predictions for this season. Oh, I, I think it. there are about five teams in the NFC that could legitimately get to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but there is only one that can get out of the AFC. I don't even know how anybody can debate that. The Ravens are, again, they're a really good team. They're going to win 12 games again this year, probably. Yeah. They're going to light up the scoreboard. Lamar's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I have no faith they're going to do it in the playoffs. Especially if they run into the Chiefs or,
3: or the Titans, I mean,
2: <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like when the, the fucking Titans are tweeting out, "Run it back!" But, like that's some cute <laughs> thing. Know, this guy's theory. doing this Aah! thing. I'm like, thank you. I, mean, I, I actually it. like this. I get it.
3: They're stoked they got their running back for another I, few years. I actually which is support awesome. it. I support yeah.
2: the Titans running it back because that means we're probably going to get that's to another, another Super well-oiled Bowl. Well-oiled
3: team too, man. That's a great. Yeah, the, a hell of a. Who's to
2: say the Titans can't go back into the playoffs and face mm, us again? Absolutely. I like that feeling. See, that's what I'm talking about. Any scenario. Throw the Texans at me, I love it. Throw the Titans at me, I love it. Throw the Ravens at me, I fucking love it. Yeah. Because all these teams, none of them have the advantage on us. None of them, not a single team. You can't name an AFC team right now that has the upper hand on the Chiefs. Not a single one. I challenge anybody right now in our comment thread. Let me know which team in the AFC has an upper hand on the Chiefs. I would love to hear. It. Hopefully, Rom Ninkovich is in our comments right now. He can tell me Lamar Jackson, so we can block Ninkovic. his ass.
3: Yeah. Like, I mean, you can
2: argue, you
1: can argue the Ravens are out there, man. You you can you definitely can. Oh yeah, you definitely can. Yes,
0: but what it matters seen, we, most, yes, that's yes, the
1: thing. no. Well, yes, we've seen the last the last two two playoff games that they played. But that doesn't mean they can't turn it around, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, I mean, it's all, it's they all gotta do it it's
3: all on the shoulders of it's, Lamar. They got to do it first. Does Lamar have the stomach? Because not,
2: not only has the Ravens not won in the playoffs with Lamar Jackson, yeah. he has played like dog shit
3: in the playoffs as a, as a starting
2: quarterback. Yeah. He looked like dog shit. We, we were at, so saying, we were at, at Buffalo Wild Wings watching his first game when he shit the bet on national television against yeah. the Chargers. And then he goes out there he and he gets the Titans. You knew after that first quarter. Titans are winning this game. Yeah. You knew you, there was no body language of Lamar. Expect hey, no the Titans, though, man. They brought it. Now, now Lamar is twenty three, and for all we know, we have not even seen the best. When he's version still of evolving, Lamar. yeah, for yes, sure. For, for sure. all we know, he could be ten times better than what he is. That's scary if he shit. De- yeah,
3: if he develops a better arm. But
2: Lamar, unfortunately, has the bad luck of playing in the Mahomes era. That's his problem. That's Deshaun's problem. That's Josh Allen's problem. I think these guys can have some real success if Mah- if Mahomes played ten years ago or ten years later. They're not going to have that success because of Patrick Mahomes, yep. because of Andy Reid, because of the this, the situation we have here in Kansas City is not changing. This isn't like Trevor talked about. That we're not the Royals, the Chiefs. The, I say we. The Chiefs are not the Royals, where they had this two year window where they had to capitalize and then it goes yep. to shit, and then you're losing all your players. This is going to be something that's going to last a decade plus. We've seen. The Patriots do it for 20 years. Why wouldn't I think that Patrick Mahomes, who's a better quarterback than Tom Brady, Andy Reid, who's a better schemer than Bill Belichick... Yeah, I said it.
3: How am I supposed
2: to believe that those guys can't do exactly what the Patriots have done? Like I said, they've already gone to two straight AFC championships with one of the worst defenses we've ever seen, and then a, t- a team who was in the middle of last season reeling back from all these injuries, even to Patrick Mahomes, still get to that uh, Super Bowl and win that de- win that damn game against a team you could argue was more complete
3: than them, and the 49ers. Well, and two, you got to think about, man. Last year, like we- we've talked about this ad nauseum, I know, but. All the things we overcame last year and still were the same. That's chance. what I'm saying. Exactly. So there's no. There's no way. I know I can talk. I'm jinxing something. But there's no way we, we hit the obstacles that we hit last year. The with, likelihood with the is not there. Kill shit to start the year with the Mahomes injury, with Chris Jones having his little nagging stuff, or the Nimrod incident before whatever happened when he hurt himself before that playoff game. All these things that we overcame and still, you know, persevered and won the whole the whole the whole thing. You know, so if we overcame all that and this season goes smoother, the odds are only in our favor, man. There's I mean, it only makes sense for for the probability to be on our side. And it feels good, man, because the NFL is known for its parity. It's known for teams that are expected to do great things to, to fall and, and teams that weren't expected to do much, that have the underdog mentality, you know, over, you know, succeed what their their expectations were. So it feels good that we're the team that's at the top of the graph, just scooting along at the top of the straight line. You know, we're not the one going like this or crashing or, or you know, in an underdog team that's peaking at a certain point. We're going to be the consistent team with the championship pedigree at the top of the draft, just scooting along and just making our way. And it's exciting, man. It's like I said, I feel s- nothing but pure, like, I feel so lucky just to be in this position. You know, our podcast being, you know, starting in the the, the time that it did, you know, the perfect timing of this whole era, you know, me being the prime ages of my life.
2: We were, we were you know, just talking about that. Watch, we're we? watching
3: this. You know, I could be—I could be my daughter's age. I could be seven. You know, not really understanding fully what's going right. on and having the respect of the reality that's taking place in this city and, the, and what we've been waiting for our whole entire lives. And this just so happens to be in the pocket of our lives where it's like the prime of our. It could have been at any other time. You no, know, our consciousness is at the Patrick prime. Patrick Holmes of could
2: have been born in the '60s.
3: That's what I'm saying. So, I feel like, so lucky. I feel like this. This simulation is just the perfect to think,
2: to think <laughs> that we get the we get to witness the two yeah. goats lebron james and patrick mahomes isn't that amazing eddie <laughs> isn't that amazing we get to experience that in our lifetime but we get to tell can i get amen well we're gonna tell eddie's kids but not mine but we're gonna eddie's. tell somebody's kids hey you know what we got to see lebron and patrick mahomes yeah man we live the life Yep. Who cares about the Boomers? We we did this. We did this. Okay, Boomer? We did this. Millennials, baby. We lo- <laughs> We're going to get a bunch of people in there. Damn it, I'm 65. Fuck you. I saw Montana. I, wait. I, I saw, saw Montana. Montana. <laughs> he was way, way better than your patty my homies. <laughs> Five chips. You're not doing yourselves any
1: favors.
3: That, right. I guarantee it. <laughs> it's all love. It's all love.
1: Um, a couple of responses came
2: through with not exactly being... Rivals or competing directly with the Chiefs, the Bills being solid this year was one comment. Yeah, um, what do you guys think about that? I think the Bills are a very solid Stephon team. Diggs, for sure, what I, what I, we need to contextualize the Bills a little bit though, because the Bills had one of I think the sex, second easiest schedule of the, of, of twenty nineteen. Yes. so they they benefited off that significantly. Yeah, if Josh Allen does take a step up for and sure. he starts to learn that, that that ten to fifteen yard accuracy, the Bills are a legitimate team. But once again. We've seen Josh Allen already in the playoffs. We've seen the Bills in that prove it situation where they had, I think, a 16-0 lead in the playoffs and they choked it away. Josh Allen's out there trying to throw Jason Williams white chocolate type passes out in the open field. I, love and it, try- man. I, I like, I like him. It's entertaining. Yeah. It's fun. Is it sustainable? I don't think so right now. And quite frankly, the Bills have a lot of questions. What they want to do with Josh Allen? Will they pick up the fifth year option after next season? Yeah. There's a lot of questions about that. So he's going to be pretty much on a prove it deal. I, I, I like the Bills. I don't love the Bills. I'm not even going to put them in the same stratosphere of even the Ravens right at this point.
3: No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, we can talk about Lamar Jackson all we want, but who led? Which quarterback led the league in rushing touchdowns? That was that was Josh Allen. 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 Yeah. So I mean, the kid is an athletic freak. For you know, looking at him, you don't really you don't really think that he looks like some kind of like farm farmer kind of you know Southern kid almost. But he's just a big ass kid, and he's like honestly, he's kind of not. I'm not saying he's Cam Newton, but he has that kind of same t- mentality that Cam Newton had when The play breaks down just. He'll truck dudes, he'll run right at guys, you know, but that that can also lead to what happened to yeah, Cam Newton a lot of times, get injuries. The kid has a rocket arm, he's just very inaccurate. Yeah, if he can tighten it up a little bit, he's not that great. Well, I mean, no. you got you got a true a true number one wide receiver now. They had Smokey John Brown, who I love last year, but he's not a true number one. He's kind of like a, a field stretcher, but really good with the, the ball in his hands. But Stephon Diggs is a true number one when he's healthy. Stefan Diggs is one of the best, if not the best, route runner in the NFL right now. I think he's one of the most technically sound receivers in the league. I love that guy. And I thought that was a huge pickup. So that that alone can definitely help, you know, them and the right. And I think Sean McDermott is a hell of a coach. And, and for the Retrieve. Yeah, and I love, I love, yeah, exactly. I love the, the the toughness and the tenacity of that team that I saw last year. They can continue that. They can definitely be a challenger. I mean, there's like I think the AFC is full of like kind of teams that are like right around the same tier that could, you know, break out. The Steelers, the the Titans can take that next step. Who knows? But the Bills are definitely on my list of teams that can take take that next step. But it depends on the quarterback. Let's hear from
2: the fans. Let's listen to the the viewers and the listeners. Who is the team that you see in the AFC that can even give the Chiefs a real challenge? Is there any other real contenders? Or are you guys with me in in the belief that there is only one true contender in the AFC, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs? You guys let me know in the comment thread. Uh, But in the meantime, we're actually going to go to you guys. Just a little bit earlier, if you will, in the comment thread. Let's go to the Monday mailbag. Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hemp Co.
0: Mail time. Mail time. time. The mail's here.
2: Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for the Monday Mailbag. Each and every week, we give you guys the opportunity, the platform to give us what you want to talk about, what's burning on your minds and in your hearts in the world of sports. And Mm -hmm. in case you know in case you missed it, the world of sports is coming back, guys. I am Lance Twidwell with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. What's good? Eddie Ortiz and the one and only Miss Gat. Eddie Ortiz, Mr. Yo 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 himself, yeah. Mr. Eddie Hodge. Yes. What's
1: going on in the Monday mailbag? All right, we got. Uh, I heard it was popping. Yeah, we got new. We got new people. We got new so dudes. We got new. got put new to the Monday yeah. mailbag. Yeah. New dudes. Yeah. Sexy. <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> <laughs> all right. So, first question comes from uh, Chad James. When do you When do you get all? All in on the on the Royals. Uh, if they come back home and are five two four three, uh, if they don't come home with a winning record, are they done? Uh, waiting for football. COVID nineteen will be will ultimately put sports to a halt or Trump wins. That's a loaded. What comment? Okay. So was there a period unpack, in any of that? Let's unpack that uh, one real quick. Uh, so let's go through that one. All the right. Time. So when do you get all in on the Royals? We'll, we'll start with that. When do we, when do I get in all on the Royals? Well, um. Never. I I alluded well I I did <laughs> allude I did He's allude, a Boston guy, sorry.
2: <laughs> well the, the fact that there's only sixty games this season yeah. I have said that if the Royals do get a hot start that I can very well see them making the playoffs. Uh they got a lot of young talent, unproven talent, I will give it that. But I think those are the type of teams in a season like this that can really establish themselves as a contender. As crazy as that sounds, I mean, is it any crazier than anything else that's gone on in twenty twenty? I mean, let's be real for a second. So um, I will be all in on the Royals if they have themselves a very good early August. If they have a very good early August where they are 7 to 10 games above five hundred, I think I can buy into the Royals at that point. Now, rest of the question. All
1: right. So it says, if they don't come home with a winning record, are they done? Waiting for football. And then it says, COVID-19 will ultimately put sports to a halt or Trump wins. I, I don't know the whole
2: Trump thing. I'm not even going to address that part. Uh, as far as the sports though, I mean, yeah, sports have already been in a halt. So cool. as, if he's asking, will COVID and, do it and again? I would,
1: I would say NFL and baseball. Oh, again, there's a
2: very, there's a very good chance that it could because it's already done it before. I, I don't. I, I'm, I'm going to stand on the side that I believe they'll get through the season. I think that they've, they've taken proper procedures now with wearing masks and all the testing and things of that nature, that that is their one last stand to really make this work. And I think it's going to in some capacity. Maybe not the way we want it to, but I do think that there will be a finish to both the MLB and the NFL season, and quite frankly, the NBA as well, out in that bubble, bubble in Orlando. Um, so I, I don't think it's going to happen to where the COVID you know, takes over again, but... We have to keep our minds very open to the possibility because, like I said, it's already happened before. There's no saying it won't happen again.
3: No, yeah, and I think we kind of touched on that last week. I think it was last week when you asked about, you know, the safety in all this, the sports. Is it, you know, is it safe to start sports? And I answered clearly with a no. It's not. But I don't think – I think we're kind of past that now. I think we kind of all know that it's not safe in general right now. But I think the best thing to do is for sports to isolate as much as possible, just like us as a community – are supposed to be doing. Um, Anyways, I I do think that sports is going to continue. I think it's going to be as safe as they can possibly do it. Like the NBA, we're already seeing a lot of players, you know, pre-test for COVID, get it out of the way before it actually starts. You know, just make sure all these players are tested, you know, on a weekly basis. Um, Yeah, I I think sports is going to continue as normal. Not normal normal, but as far as the schedule goes, but the fans thing is going to make it different. But, yeah, I think – I don't think there's going to be much of a roadblock there because of the COVID stuff, okay. honestly.
1: Cool, cool. All right. Thank you, uh, Chad. Uh, next question comes from Ben Ben Hall. Uh, do you think Mahomes, Reed, and Clark can be on Brady, Belichick, and Kraft's level? Yes. Yes, I absolutely do.
2: Yes, I absolutely do, because of the fact of the pace that the Chiefs are on with this regime. Um when the Patriots started to win in the early 2000s, but right before that, actually, Belichick was an unproven head coach, Tom Brady was a six-round pick, and Robert Kraft had just bought the team, I think, like five or six years previous. There was a lot of unknowns when it came to that team, and then you saw what ended up coming of that. It was all about timing, Right. The Chiefs walked into this situation with a few more knowns. Andy Reid was already an established head coach in this league who's had success, who's been to a Super Bowl, who had been to four conference championships before he even walked into Kansas City. Clark Hunt came from a family of knowing how to, although never build great teams, build consistently good teams. And they knew how to hire the right coaches most of the time, more than not. Uh, They always had really good talent throughout the years at certain individual spots, not named quarterback, unfortunately. And then Patrick Mahomes is the most transcendent talent we've ever seen at the quarterback position in NFL history. Tom Brady wasn't that. And in fact, Tom Brady in their first Super Bowl, I think in their playoff run, only had one touchdown going into the Super Bowl, and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. And then you saw his final Super Bowl in 2018 have one touchdown in that playoff run. So the trajectory of where the Chiefs are at right now, I truly believe they can match what the Patriots did. I don't know if it's going to happen because it's, it's, it's impossible for me to sit in here and predict the future because, as we know, if anything, that's the last – we don't know anything. We don't know what's going to happen tonight except that we're going to have an awesome show like we continue to do. But, <laughs> but when it comes to the NFL, I don't know, but I am very confident that they can do exactly what the Patriots did in their own way.
3: Okay. Can you ask the question again? Let me hear the question again.
1: Do you think Mahomes, Reed, and Clark
3: can be on Brady, Belichick, and Kraft's level? I mean, what's the context there? Can they do it or supersede with those? I guys? know they're talking of, from
2: a legacy standpoint.
3: Yeah, yeah, but what is that? Okay, six championships? Uh, no, I don't think that's. I don't think that's a. Re, I don't think that's a realistic expectation right now because of the age of Andy Reid. Um, I, I still think Mahomes could do that as far as an individual player, but I think Andy Reid. I don't know how long we don't know how long he's going to be coaching, and to project the thing that's never been done before, what the Patriots did, which is more of an outlier in sports. Period. Um, I don't. It's just not really probable in reality, to be honest. Like, I, I, am not saying it can't happen, but honestly, as a realist, like, that's just that's expecting a whole lot, you know, for for that trio to to have a legacy like that. That's just like that, honestly, that legacy in, in New England is an outlier. Granted, there's a lot of cheating scandals and a lot of things that you know on their on their record that kind of you know dampers it a little bit. Uh, and the Chiefs have nothing like that, and I doubt we'll have anything like that moving forward. Um, I think the future is bright. I think we could have a handful. But, I mean, we're talking, what, eight Super Bowls? They know? went to nine, yeah. Nine. They went to nine in 20, oh, what, 17 years? 20. 20 years. Nine Super Bowls in 20 years. That's that's asking for a whole lot, man. In the NFL, that's, that's an absolute outlier. So if I'm a realist and I'm being honest with myself, I think we're going to have great success. I think we're going to have a great run, maybe a couple great runs. But, you know, winning a handful of Super Bowls, six Super Bowls, you know, going to nine – in 20 years or so in the in the home homes era that's that's asking for a whole lot so I think probability leans against that I don't think that, I'm, I'm doubtful that anything like that ever happens again in the NFL um, but I mean records are meant to be broken legacies are meant to be you know superseded and, and surpassed so I'm gonna have to say that's kind of out, outside of reality right now for me but if Trump's if, a downer I'm just yeah. being honest man if, if How dare you approach. Approach? that's asking when I mean, you're going right to the tippy top of all sports dynasties and asking if that's going to happen. I, I can't say yes to that yet. I he mean, won, Patrick Mahomes won. won a Super Bowl before he lost a game by more than seven it's points. It's not even a question so. about the talent of the quarterback. That's that, that's, that's that's completely outside of the...
2: <laughs> throwing that out there.
3: I'm just saying, man, as far as the organiza- organization Flash. to have that kind of continuity, is, you're asking for a whole lot. You're asking for a whole lot there. So. All right. So, yes, Trevor's saying yes, it'll happen. I fucking hope.
2: <laughs>
3: I fucking hope, dude.
1: And his, his second part of the comment is... Uh, if Veach can resign Jones, are you set with making him the GM for the next 20 years? Juffle.
2: <laughs> like, let's go. <laughs> Look.
1: Getting Patrick Holmes
3: ten years was even crazy to I'm think. I'm ready to risk it all for Veach. So
2: okay, so you're sitting here saying, "Oh, they can't, they can't do six Super Bowls." And I was like, "Oh yeah, twenty years, give it to them. I look, Those are man. Extreme
3: questions, man. Carl
2: Peterson, I think, was here for was it twenty eight years, twenty nine years, I want to say, as the GM. Oh, he was long pushing, ass time. I, I'm pretty sure he's pushing thirty. Shaggy's probably listening to the show in his car right now, going 30, yeah. No, I, it was it was three decades worth, right? Carl Peterson here was for a long time, yeah. And it has already Brett has already had more success as the GM than Carl Peterson ever had.
3: Or any other GM yeah. So,
2: and, and, and I think Veach just turned 41, if I'm not mistaken. Could I see him be here for 20 years? Yeah, I absolutely could. The, the whole thing, though, is that the, the changing of the guard, the inevitable changing of the guard, because Andy Reid won't be here for 20 right. years. So what's to say Andy Reid's here for another eight years, right? By that time, Veach will be pushing 50. Maybe he'll have a great opportunity on another franchise to... You know, take over that position. He did his work here in Kansas City, won several Super Bowls, success out the ass, all these other things. Maybe wants to move on for another opportunity. Who knows where that, that's going to be? I'm going to say I'll, I'll bring it down to half. I would give Brett Veach at this point, because of what's already happened over these last two years, I'd give him a 10 year deal. At the same time, I don't want him to be too comfortable because he's already comfortable being Andy Reid's guy. If you give him a prolonged contract like that, one would think that there would be an overabundance of, of, of comfortability, and I don't want him to be there yet. I want him to feel like he has to continue to prove himself. I don't know what his contract looks like right now. I don't know how many years he has. They never really disclose those things when it comes to executives too much often. But I, I would like to bring down as many years as possible. Not that I don't love Veach, and I don't think he's
3: going to continue to jo- do a great job. I ain't trying to give him two decades' worth of a contract right now. Yeah, I don't know about that, but the thing is that, that's different about Veach... And again, I don't like to keep saying this because this is my team and I observe them more than any the other team. But the thing, the vibe I get with Vich is he's like this. He has like this mobster player, gambling type mentality where he always kind of has an edge to him. Where like there's like something behind his lips that he he wants to say but he's not going to say it. He kind of like has this like little like you know lingering in the dark kind of feeling about. about this is like this, this there's aura. a mystery. There's yeah, a mystery, there's something yeah. about him, man. He's kind of like he's like a wheeling deal behind the scenes kind of getting shit done type guy. Obviously, and it shows. Um, I, I feel like he is cons I, I think he has like this gambling, not gambling, but like this addiction almost to like being aggressive, just like in the years with the draft. He always, you know, he's been trading the first round picks, you know, for his last couple of drafts until this one, um, you know, being aggressive with, you know, going and getting guys and, you know, in the free agency market, you know, and I think, I think that's something that he like gets, not gets off on, but like kind of in a way gets off on because it's He's a young guy, and he's still, like you said, he's, you don't want him to lose that edge where he's still kind of trying to prove himself. And I don't, I don't feel like he. I mean, I know we're we're in the now right now, and I'm, I'm going off that, but I don't feel like he is that kind of guy. I feel like, I mean, he, and plus he's so young, he's like a young, fiery guy. You know, he didn't make the league; he was a, he was a player himself, so he has that like that edge to him where he's almost like he has like a player mentality, but put in, a, you know in GM shoes. So I, I just love though his aggressiveness, I love his edginess as a GM, and obviously he he does you know he's he's a player's GM. Obviously, he gets you know he gets his guys paid when when it's the proper time to pay him, whether they're in their prime. You know he's 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 the <laughs> he's been the you know him and between him and Reed, the biggest you know the, uh, communicator between the players and getting shit done and getting guys you know you know and keeping guys in this locker room that want to be here. You know, so uh, twenty years is a long ass time, but I, I can definitely see that being a possibility for sure. I mean, not not signing into that right now, but doing like a decade at a time. Why not? I mean, if he keeps doing what he's doing right now and he's, his trajectory is only looking, you know, sky high, you know, I, it's not outside of the realm of, of possibilities for sure.
1: Cool, cool. All right. Uh, next question comes from Corey Alston. It says, long-time listener of the Spoken Podcast, just have never joined the mailbag before and asked the question. But mine is, if Jordan Reed stays available on the free agent market, should the Chiefs bring him in as a backup to Kelsey? Uh, first of all, thank you so much for listening and being faithful and
2: chiming in. We do appreciate that. That is the for goal sure. with the Monday Mailbag. So thank you so much, my man. Uh, to answer your question swiftly, no. Uh, for multiple re- multitude of reasons. Uh, one, Jordan Reed is injury prone. And I feel like he'd be a waste of time, to be honest with you. Uh, dude, he's super talented. He's always hurt. Um, and also the fact that the Chiefs don't need him. The Chiefs have uh, uh, Rasiel's Jr. Yeah, you Rick know. Seals. We talked about it last week with Ken Swanson. You like almost forget he's here. He's a 25-year-old stud. Yeah. Tight end that he's gonna. I think he's gonna flourish in this offense. Yeah. Travis Kelsey, best tight end in the NFL. You have a plethora of weapons all the way around Patrick Mahomes. Where is Jordan Reed gonna fit on this team? He's not. So to answer your question swiftly, I don't really see the benefit in bringing Jordan Reed.
3: As an avid fantasy player, I remember a few years back when Jordan Reed was the tits. Yes, of Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Well, him it was. It was always between like him and Gronk for like a couple years there. Uh, or, or Jordan Reed was the guy. If you if you didn't get Gronk, you take Jordan Reed with that next pick cuz those he was putting up he was putting up like wide receiver numbers, you know, until Kelsey obviously took over that. But um yeah. You know what? I mean, I wouldn't mind them taking a shot because he's going to be extremely cheap and it's not a bad idea to have, you know, depth, but when he gets his chance to be on the field, I mean, like his his chance of of, of finishing a season is so, you know, probably below 50 percent if we're being honest because honestly, he's just that's one thing that me being a fantasy player, I've learned over the years when I've taken him to, you know, in, in certain drafts, you just have to learn the hard way. You know, he just, he's one of those guys that just has that track record of not being able to stay healthy, whether it's a toe. He has like turf toe, consistently has turf toe injuries and things that are just nagging. So yeah, it's probably not worth it, but he would be extremely cheap, and he does have a lot of upside, but it's a higher risk than that I think the reward is. So. All right, next question
1: comes from uh, Donnie Couch. Well, I knew he was coming around sometime.
3: Money? Shit. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> Says, "Hey guys, my main, and my main, main uh Lambs." My first question is: Is this uh, has Andy Reid passed Hank Stram as the greatest coach in Chiefs history, or is Hank Stram oh, still questions. the greatest coach?
2: No, I'm like I'm liking these legacy yeah, questions because just... we get to actually like have a real legitimate conversation about this stuff finally. Yeah. Uh, Donnie, I-, I will tell you this, man. I said before last season that Andy Reid is the best coach in Chiefs history. Because of the fact that Andy Reid changed this franchise and saved this franchise, unlike any other coach ever. No, no offense to Hank Stram. I think he was a, an absolute amazing coach uh, for his time. He was a trailblazer for this. He absolutely the game. was. I mean, yeah. he he you know he designed plays that the NFL did not know, and they worked to you know for they they totally revolutionized the game. And Hank Stram was one of the founding fathers of the NFL's great head coaches. Having said that. That was a, different, a completely different era of football. Andy Reid is, is facing competition unlike anything Hank Stram ever saw uh, league-wide. Uh, Andy Reid has to deal with adjustments, constant adjustments, that Hank Stram never had to really worry about. Uh, there was a hist- There's a history of football and a documentation of football that Andy Reid has to counter constantly that Hank Stram never had to deal with. And quite frankly, I just think Andy Reid's a better overall coach. I just think he's a better overall coach. Um, so no offense to Hank Stram's legacy. He will forever be known as the 65 power toss trap coach. He's always going to have that play. Punch it in there, baby! You know, he's got those cool one-liners and stuff. Which, by the way, Hank Stram, fun fact, was the first head coach in NFL history to be wired up. is mm. a, a mic'd up, I should say. Oh, I didn't know that. First ever head coach. Oh. So when you see that the, that game when he's all lively and stuff, some of the players were kind of thrown off because like, wait, this isn't how Hank usually is. Yeah. He's like clearly like he's juicing it up, he's saucing it up for something. They come to find out he was mic'd up. So he's the first head coach to ever be mic'd up uh, for for the league. And all respect to him, Andy Reed's just simply the better coach. I'd I'd pick Andy Reid seven days out of the out of the week.
3: Yeah, it, it's. I mean, if we're talking legacy, it's 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 a no brainer that it's Andy Reid, honestly, just because of. The, the competition that Andy Reid has been in, you know, his run in the NFL. The NFL is just a way more talented. The the, the talent pools it's inc- it's it's not even fair how better the league is now and compared to the time back then. Um, granted, he was a trailblazer. He he definitely helped the evolution of what the league is today. Um, and definitely was an entertaining character, charismatic uh, leader. Um, well dressed on the sidelines, uh, just everything about him was—he was just uh, a magnetic type of guy. I wish I could have known him. Um, definitely a legend here in Kansas City, no doubt. Uh, but Andy Reid, I mean, what six all-time and wins, still going. Could end up, you know, in the top two if he keeps you know his trajectory. You know, I don't know if anyone's ever going to take that first spot, but you know, he, he's on pace to to revolutionize his his career, and he's already had a Hall of Fame career leading up to this. You know, so this is this the, he, Andy Reid. It's 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 not even really close, honestly, in my mind. No disrespect, but Andy Reid is an absolute first ballot Hall of Fame coach. Okay. So.
1: Next question, uh, from Donnie Couch. Uh, I
2: knew there was gonna be a follow up. I, I yeah. just knew it. I just knew it. There's <laughs> so never just fixed. a one question, Donnie. Oh, you know, it's always no. a multiple it's, question, it's Donnie. Multiple question Donnie. <laughs> Right. And I guarantee he was posting them throughout the week. Like I guarantee, if you look at the times, I bet they're all different. He's at home, just jotting them down. Yeah, <laughs> that's I <that's what> love <laughs> about Donnie.
1: All right, second question: What is the world's biggest weakness heading into the season? Is it the bullpen, or is it something else entirely? Oh, it's cool. It's clearly the bullpen. Uh,
2: they have traumatic issues with bullpen right now. In fact, it's it's really hard to predict right now because again, we've not seen any real baseball yet. Yeah. I think that's going to be their Achilles' heel if they're they're going to try to make a run. Um, it's going to they're going to have to hit the ball very well this season because they should. if they're going to have close games, it's not going to go well for the Royals honestly because that they 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 have really no real depth yeah. at, in the bullpen. So to answer that question is clearly the bullpen this year.
3: Yeah, it's the bullpen just because they, they lack names and talent. But there's a lot. That's what's the beauty of baseball is a lot of times there's always. A, a, a pitcher, or or you know, a hitter, or you know, a player in general that just all of a sudden bursts onto the scene. it's every year. There's always yeah, yeah. there's multiple of those in every year in the MLB. The was last
1: year. Right, right, right. So and I expect our that. I expect
3: our bats to be fine. Um, but the bullpen is the question mark. But the bullpen could be, become the strength. You know, who knows? That's that's the beauty of baseball. You know, it's just the the the, the two it's sides get, of the game. You know, I mean, get on hot street. Right, absolutely. Momentum is. Everything in baseball, mm-hmm. especially if you start hot with a sixty-game season like Lance just like said a few minutes ago. It's, but yeah, the bullpen is definitely the question mark. But you know, they have a lot of young guys. You know, young guys that can you know take advantage of the moment and shine. And I'm hoping that's what happens. It very well could. But yeah, the bullpen bullpen is definitely not something to be confident in right now for sure. All
1: right, next question, Donnie Couch. Uh, what are you, What is your thoughts on the rules getting two players from the Padres for Tim Hill, of all people, and one of them is Frenchie uh, Cor- Coronado, or Cornero, who I love, and is also third behind Joey Gallo and Aaron Judge in OBA contact since 2018, and who I think can have us multiple upside, if not more, because of his speed. He just needs to clean up his hitting, so what do you guys think? because I love it. There's there's a lot of potential with this trade. Tim Hill
2: uh I was reading something earlier today about how the Royals really didn't want to let go of Tim Hill. Uh they they like him a lot. Uh I don't know if that's just them saying that because they 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 traded him and the in and the Royals like to treat their organization like a family. I don't know if that's the case or not, but Tim Hill does have promise, and I think that the Royals did really like having him. So I don't think the Royals would make a move like this unless they really did believe in these young talent players that are they're bringing into the equation, because I do know that the hitting does need to be cleaned up. Donnie is correct, but this guy has a lot of promise. He's right about the OBA. I think he's talking about the on-base percentage, actually. His on-base percentage is actually fairly high, considering that he has very few at-bats at the Major League level at this point. Um, but I, I, w- I would reference the Zach Greinke trade. I know that Tim Hill is obviously not in Zach Greinke's level, but back then, when they made that trade, people thought, oh, you lost out on such a great pitcher, which in all actuality, the Royals did. did. But with that, they brought Alcides Escobar and Lorenzo Cain, who ended up being two pivotal characters and then winning a World Series and being in back-to-back World Series. So... If I'm going to trust Dayton Moore in a move like that, which was was extremely controversial back then, when you didn't have any success before then, no cachet in Kansas City, I'm going to trust him now when he has that cachet and has that success and then that ring to fit. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and believe that this is the right move for the Royals moving forward.
3: Yeah, I, I don't have much more to add to that. That was pretty much on point of how I feel about it. I, do, I think you just got to trust the ownership and trust the new new wave of management in this, in this you know, because... We have a new manager, you know, so we don't know how everything's going to be, how everything's going to play out. New management could be good. It could be bad. You know, we don't really know how this is all going to start rolling out with the energy and how these guys actually mesh. There's so much mystery to it because not only is it almost a, a whole, almost a new team in a lot of areas, it's a new season. It's not only a new season, but it's a, just a asterisk type season. It's, you know, so everything's going to be kind of the energy is going to be different. Everything's going to be a lot more uptight, and a lot more, um, uh, 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 energy as far as going into each game. You know, everyone's kind of playing, you know, with a lot of stress added to it with every game mattering. So we'll see how these guys, the fortitude of these guys and how, you know, if those moves were the right moves to make, you know, if they work out, they work out. If not, you know, it's something possibly maybe at least get like a glimmer of hope to work on. Um, but I think, you know, you just got to gotta trust it, man. You got to trust what, you know, Dayton's done. You know, he's 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 brought a championship here. You know, and I mean, you gotta expect him to, you know, go through a little rough patch, and then possibly build on these new younger guys, and that could be something. You know, it's. It, I think it's definitely an exciting time to be a Royals fan, though, because I think we have a lot to look forward to, possibly. All
1: right. This is a fun question that Johnny Couch just asked. Uh, so his next question is, uh, where would you put a statue of Ender Reed, and what moment would you memorialize in the form of a statue of Andy Reed?
2: Man, <laughs> I've been actually thinking about this. That is, a, that is a good question. Um as far as the location of it, I mean, I, I would imagine somewhere like where you know you're driving on the uh, north side of the Arrowhead Stadium. I'd like to, you know, that's like the the spot or off the highway area. You have a, a spot right in the in the middle area, over by uh, uh, Lamar Hunt, mm. somewhere over there next to him. I would love it if they had the moment where they splashed him
1: with with the oh. Gatorade,
2: where, where that 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 was the moment where you know he knew he won the Super Bowl for the first time in twenty years as a head coach. And you see that face of him just like... You know, that exhilaration of knowing I just won the Super Bowl and it's fucking cold as shit. Yeah. You know, like, I would love that. I, I don't know if they'll ever do that. They'll probably have, like, a, you know, when he goes, like, the one, you know, after a touchdown, you know, I'm going for one, let's go for one. They'll probably have something like that. Yeah. But it, selfishly, if I was the one creating it, Man, that would be the moment, dude. Because I, I just I look at that picture so many times, and I almost get emotional because that, I know that, how much that meant for Andy. Yeah, because
1: that that moment put Andy Reid in the Hall of
2: Fame. It, yeah, no yeah they clinched it. No question. Yeah, there was no no more. Like people would question that, which I think is absolutely absurd. Sack. Never, yeah. even if he never won a Super Bowl, he he would be the Don Nelson
0: yeah.
2: of the NFL, and Don Nelson's a Hall of Fame head coach in the NBA. So. Yeah. Yeah, you're right though. That clinched it. I would love for that moment to be the, what they capture in a statue of sorts, and that statue is coming. Yeah. Believe it. Believe me when I say that Andy Reid statue is coming.
3: For me, it's a no-brainer, man. You got to put him in front of the five guys,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the, doing, doing, doing
3: the doing the dab from two years ago in the locker room. I mean, it's no brainer doing the dab. I mean, do imagine, yeah. ha, imagine having five guys with the statue of Andrew <laughs> oh. doing a dab. <laughs> no, when
2: he's doing the dab, he has two burgers. Bro, that's him. my oh, city right there. So awesome. I would be so yes. proud. I would be so proud of my city
3: if we did that shit.
2: Yes. Yes. At least let's
3: do that for fun, and we can do a serious one somewhere else. Let's, have let's, an Reid dab, dab. Statue of that. Let's do that. I'm, I'm starting sure guys. we starting for that shit. But yeah, no. In all seriousness, yeah. I mean, it would be cool to have just right outside Arrowhead Stadium, or you know, like right you know, right by the gates. You know, have a big ass you know. Hey, Andy, we're not going to be calling Andy, Andy Reid's Reed Big Ass, ass right? That's right, right there. let not do Yeah, man. It, I don't really care where they put it as long as, you know, we get one. You know, and he, he's much deserving, and I'm pretty sure a, a couple other people, you know, Patrick Mahomes is probably going to have one eventually in this city. Um, but even maybe. Maybe even down, the you know, the Plaza or something, you know, the Country Club Plaza area. That'd be cool, too, to have a big one in, like, a fountain behind them or something like that. I don't know. But, yeah, it definitely would be. It's definitely coming, and I don't really care where they put it, but it's it's much-deserved, well-deserved, for sure.
1: All right. Man, Donnie catches is on a roll. All right. So his, butter. His next question is, have we finally ended the argument of Sean McVay over Andy Reid, or is there still doubt with some NFL fans that they would still take McVay oh over
3: Reid? I didn't know that was an argument. Oh, was that a question for me? Ah, yeah. For you guys. I don't know who he's talking to, but I never had McVay <laughs> over Andy it, Reid. Is that, that was from Donnie, right? Donnie <laughs> Donnie, look me in the eye. <laughs>
2: What the fuck, man? Get some new
3: friends, Donnie. <laughs> yeah, who are
2: you talking to? Whoever whatever whoever they are, let them know whatever they're on, I want two hits of it. Yeah. There's no <laughs> Don't take the bond one, goddamn it. Is it your toothpaste friends? Be honest, man. Was it the guys uh, that you, yeah, yeah, he stopped buying it. Yeah, so. you must have, Yeah, we well, quit buying that toothpaste, man, cuz gingivitis is the only thing they're taking yeah. away. Look, dude, there is no question. Sean McVeigh is is a brilliant young mind. Okay, yeah. let's let's put that out. He's got here. a lot of years ahead of him. He got sunned in the Super Bowl against Bill Belichick, whose team step couldn't sunned. score. He got steps. The, the Patriots couldn't score in that Super Bowl. They literally gave them that Super Bowl. Yeah. Sean McVay, I think, has a promising career. I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to be one of the all time greats, but he is only in his early 30s. Right. But with that means that he still has to prove himself. Now he did get off on an early jump, and he did get to a Super Bowl early on.
3: He had a Todd Gurley Yeah. So.
2: But at the same time, we do see this a lot where we see young coaches come out and flourish early and then fizzle out. I don't know if I expect that from Sean McVay But I definitely don't expect Sean McVay to have an Andy Reid type of career because only about four or five coaches in the history of this league have had an Andy Reid type of career. And it's going to continue to have. Andy Reid isn't done either. Andy Reid's got another hundred wins to put to his fucking name. So let's put it all in context. Although I like Sean McVay. I respect Sean McVay. I think he's got a promising career ahead of him. Let's pump the shit out of those brakes and not even put those two men in the same <laughs> conversation let
3: alone sentence yeah I, i'm not even going to address the andy reed comparison that it's nonsensical and it's a non-starter just to begin with but uh, Sean McVay himself i mean he's he's in a great spot not only is he a, a, a great offensive mind i think in this league but he's in la you know, players are going to want to play there, and as long as he stays in LA as a head coach, which he's already on a loaded roster as it is, I'm not. I don't. I'm not a believer in golf, but I think you know, there's going to be a lot of players that are going to want to play there over over the you know the, deranged, the the over the the lifespan of his career. While he's as long as he's there, there's going to be talent. I think in LA because that's it, just the market that it is. You know, those cities attract players. Players want to play there. Players want to live there. You know, So I think he has a, a really good chance to be a really, really good coach and maybe possibly a great coach down the line. But right now it's, it, it's not even – that's a laughable even statement to even – or question to even <laughs> ask. Like it's not even – we're talking about an absolute legend to a guy who's trying to make something of his career and had a hot start but has kind of fizzled out as of late but can still make something. I, I, I believe in Sean McVay. I've liked him from the get-go. Um, I think he benefited from a very – a couple absolutely insane years from Todd Gurley. Um, but uh, Todd Gurley was part of that system. That was McVay's system. So we'll see. I think they have a good chance to to bounce back a little bit this year, but, yeah, let's not even have that question ever asked again on the show. Please.
1: (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) Had he won the Super Bowl?
3: Huh? Had he won the Super Bowl? Would he even even get into the conversation? If they beat the Patriots, that would definitely help. He ends up in the same book, not in the same chapter. For, For sure. I mean, that would definitely help my my positivity. So that would start forward. the conversation for you guys. Absolutely, yes, was,
2: absolutely. Okay. Then we can start having the. conversation. I don't even know if we can
3: start the conversation for him and Andy Reid yet. I mean, maybe him being a great coach, you know. But just jumping the gun and going straight to Andy Reid is nonsense. We're talking all, <laughs> sixth all time in wins, and he's still going, and he's just now hitting this, the best stride of his career. Right. Andy Reid's nowhere near done right now, and he has the this is the best stretch of his career ever as a coach. So let's let's yeah let's chill with that. <laughs>
1: Alright, his last question, uh, Donnie Couch's last question is, what are your thoughts about Matthew Judon, who, which Lance talked about it earlier, uh, yeah. asking what the real estate is in KC. <laughs> and what if he was to come here because we all know Brett Beach is uh, magical and could actually pull, pull that off for some reason. <laughs> Would it make the pass rush better than 2018 or on the same level?
2: Oh, you add Matthew Judon to this team with Frank Clark and Chris Jones. Yeah, it's gonna be much better than 2018 seen twenty eighteen, although led the league in sacks or tied, I think, of the Cardinals in sacks that year yeah. was one of the worst defenses in football. Yeah. So uh yeah, adding a I think he's twenty seven if, if I'm twenty six if I'm twenty six or twenty seven, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Matthew Judon's gonna make this team significantly better. Do I see it happening? No, because Matthew Judon's gonna go make his money somewhere. Yeah. And I don't think it's gonna be in Kansas City, despite the fact that we have like this leprechaun who keeps bringing us gold coins every five minutes. But besides that, no, I, I do think that Judon's going to go get his money. I do think if Judon had his way, he would be in Kansas City. But at the end of the day, I think the dude wants to go get his bread. No one's going to hate him on hate him for that. But, yeah. yeah, in a utopian society, and in, a, in, a, in a, a fantasy world, get, sign me the hell up, dude. Yeah, of course. Yeah,
3: absolutely. I mean, if we pick up a guy like that and, and add that, more, that much more talent to this already extremely talented defensive roster, it's going to affect the scoreboard. It's going to make this defense that much better. Uh, and just adds that much more pressure to the opposing quarterbacks, and you know, not only got to deal with two sharks on the ends, you got to deal with that guy. That would be that would just be unfair and outrageous. I mean, the the league's already shitting themselves already that we the fact that we kept Chris Jones here for another handful of years. No, the league is
2: shitting themselves so bad that they took on like three diaper, diaper sponsors. It's that bad. So,
3: <laughs> literally, yeah,
2: like mommy, wow, I'm a big kid now. Like the Ravens and all these other teams took it on because they knew they're gonna be shitting themselves when they play nice. the Chiefs. It's that legit.
3: I so. just love the fact that these guys are on Twitter progressively, you know, <laughs> you know that they're on Twitter just, like, pushing for, you know, to be here and be in Kansas City. I just love it, man. The fact that he's asking about that, and even if it's a joke or even if it's, like, you know, in, in slight, it's these guys are actually, they know what's up here. They know this is the spot to be right now, mm-hmm. and it feels good to be a fan of that, so.
1: All right, so last question for the Monday Mailbag comes from Corey, Corey Alston again. Uh, says, now that, the, not, not that Chris Jones is locked up, do you think the Chiefs make any more moves or do we roll into the season with this squad to try and run it back?
2: Oh, I think they're absolutely done now. Um, anything of note, I should say. I'm sure there's gonna be some guys they bring in, to, you know, for training camp. You know, Jags. You know, just guys, uh, training camp bodies, things like that. Uh, anything of note, though. I, I mean, what else could they really do, man? I mean, let's be real here. This Their is one of the this up. is one of the greatest off seasons, not just in Chiefs history, but in a long time in the NFL.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, very successful. I don't really know what more we could ask from this team. They locked up all their stars, brought back 91% of their starting their starting lineups, uh, all their coaching staffs. They've adjusted to the unprecedented pandemic that we're in right now. I'd say this is about as good as they can do. I don't foresee anything else because I can't see anything else that they could possibly do. I mean, unless Corey or somebody else can suggest something, I feel like they've checked all the boxes. I, I feel like the Chiefs have just nailed it, and
3: they've been bullseye all offseason. Yeah, I mean, we brought back the team that just won the Super Bowl. You know, I mean, what what other moves? I mean, outside of maybe some death move, death moves or, or like you said, practice squad bodies. There's not really much else that I can possibly think, of, especially paying anyone. You know, unless someone wants to come on the cheap, cheap. You know, some older veteran want to make another run like a Suggs, like you know, like kind of how Suggs did, which worked out in his favor. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone of, of big a big name would be you know on the on our you know radar at all i think we're <laughs> i think we're pretty much set man i think we have uh the roster needed to make the best run at this possible and um but i'm not i'm not counting veach out at all or Reed. i think those are those two guys are always on the hunt they're always you know they have that nose for you know fresh blood you know the you know and, and they, they both have our scouts at heart they both have that scout mentality where they're always you know keeping their ears perked you know for for guys that are you know getting cut from other rosters or you know who knows? There's so much movement in the NFL during the leading into the actual season. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I if Veach I'm I'm gonna trust at this point. I have no choice but to trust everything Veach does right now. So whatever moves he makes, even if it's somebody we're not too familiar with, it could become. You know, we've seen guys. You know, uh, with Fenton and, and and what's the other the, the other corner? Um, Shaveris Ward? Ward. Ward. Like we didn't we didn't know what the fuck these guys were. And all you know and then they're starting in the Super Bowl. You know, so it's. <laughs> Even if it's not a big name or, you know, like I said, a popular player. It, it could be somebody, uh, you know, Pinnell, guys like that, the guys that we bring in. You know, uh, I don't think there's going to be any big names, but I do think there's going to be some movement and, you know, who knows. But, yeah, I think we're, I think we're pretty set as far as Rasha goes.
2: Yeah, do we have uh, any comments to uh, address in the live stream? I think Donnie wanted to clarify the, this, that question that you were a little bit confused by where you said, what the fuck? That was for dumbasses that said that years ago. He said, "My bad. To clarify the question, oh. uh, Donnie also Still. asked Lance, What if we bring in Jadavian Clowney? Would that make it even better?" Oh, I mean, the, the thing about Jadavian, yeah, he wants he money would, too. It, well, from what from what they've gathered, uh, he's looking at also one year deals that are worth around ten to twelve million dollars. If the Chiefs could finagle that, yes, I absolutely. Because although Clowney yes. is not a great player, you, you add Jadavian sure Clowney to this defense on a one-year deal, prove Jesus it deal Christ, to get dude. yes, because he's motivated, motivated as hell. That's he's 26 just... years old. It's the perfect opportunity for both sides. That is the perfect opportunity. Yes, if the Chiefs could land Jadavian uh, Clowney on a prove it deal, give me give me
3: Jadavian. There will be another bounty gate happening again because players, <laughs> coaches are going to be wanting to just take our guys out. to be bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I'd be pissed if I wasn't a Chiefs fan, man. <laughs> That would be, be ridiculous. Uh,
2: there's also, Kent says it's 10.30. How are y'all still going? Right Kent now? who? Kent Swanson. Kent Swanson, are you listening? Swanson, are you watching what? right now? Swanson. I'm surprised you didn't talk about hey. Swanson. Hey, I want to let you know, man. Friend of the show, Matt Stafford, says hi.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hopefully Kent's watching. Love you, Kent. Thank you so much for everything, man. Appreciate you. It's all right, Kent. We can
3: talk about we can talk about his his record against you know, teams, Kent's, teams Kent's, over five hundred. Yeah, Sorry. Kent's
2: chucking his hat across the room as, as I'm saying <laughs> this right now. I can literally hear him screaming.
1: He rage quit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> blocked. <laughs>
2: okay. Reported. You
1: guys had a very intense back though, but no other
2: questions. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Well, I guess it leaves us for only one thing left to do, guys. What is that?
0: Hold, Hold this L. L.
2: I want you to do me a favor and hold this L! Somebody's gotta hold that L. The
0: who? The her.
2: I'm talking like caps lock L LL cool J stuff. Hold that L.
3: Good God, man. Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, oh, <my>. pulsating L. <laughs> man,
0: you are one pathetic loser,
3: you ignorant bastard.
0: <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Son. this L.
2: Friendly L's, sometimes not so friendly. Trevor likes to bring out depressing L's. Eddie likes to bring out Formula One L's. Uh, and I like to just shit on somebody every once in a while. It's kind of fun. So or hold your own. Too. Yeah, hey, you know, And I'm probably going to have one tonight. <laughs> so speaking <laughs> of that, Eddie, go ahead. Without further ado, who is holding the L this week?
1: Oh, we're going to Formula One. Oh! Yay! Yeah! What yeah. yeah. you know? Uh, I love it. Was, it. Uh, I'm going for uh, uh, Racing Point Force India because... The disrespect that they're showing their 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 draw uh, was it their first driver their main driver Sergio Perez, uh who not only has put the team on the on the map who who's made the team significant who who's made the team like what it is now, uh, they're literally having talks with Sebastian Vettel who who also who is a, a really good driver but you have contracts with, with Sergio Perez and Lance Stroll that are. Uh, I think two to three years uh, from now still, and you're on top. You're in talks with a- another driver to sign him on into into your team when you have drivers locked up for the next two years. Mm-hmm. The disrespect that that shows that driver, like that the loyalty that you don't have on him, and like what he's done for you, and you're not willing to have his back. You know what I mean? Uh, Lance Stroll, uh, we we all know he's going to be in the team because his dad is the one who owns the team. So that's why the attention went to Sergio Perez being the one who's going to be the one left out. And it's just messed up. It's so disrespectful. Uh, He's literally brought you all the success that you have at this moment. Last troll hasn't shown anything. Sergio Perez has gotten you podiums. Has gotten you, you know, has put you up there. Right. And, uh, for you to disrespect him like that, I get Sebastian Bezos is a good driver, but he is on his way out. He is in his, uh, you know, mid-30s. He's not the same driver he used to be. I think Sergio Perez is a much better driver at this moment. Uh, he has proven it. Within those last two weeks, he has shown that, you know, he's he's proven it. He's gotten what it takes to be a top driver in Formula 1. Mm. Uh he was in P17, position 17, uh, place 17, and then he finished the racing uh, sixth place. Uh, he could have gotten fourth, but he, you know, he uh, he hit Albon and his front wing got damaged, so uh, his car was a little bit slow, so he got got passed up. But on um, that, he he out outstanding, and for Force India to be like disrespecting him like that, I just, I don't have the respect for that. Mm-hmm. So, for me, Force India is gonna have to. Hold, Hold this F. L! Trevor Twoodwell, who was holding
3: the L for you this week? All right, so last week, or about a week and a half ago, is when the, the bubble in the NBA started. The um, only reason I'm bringing this up, this isn't probably a, a, a significant newsworthy thing for most of you NBA fans out there, but I am proudly kind of a Sacramento Kings fan. Um, and one, Rashawn Holmes, who is a power forward slash center for the Kings. He's actually been playing pretty hefty minutes this season. Um has actually been a pretty productive player and one of our definitely one of our energy guys. Um solid player, I like him. But within the first week of the bubble starting,
1: <laughs>
3: my guy, Rashan decided to go himself outside of the bubble to pick up a food delivery. <laughs> within the first few days of the bubble even starting, he's already breaking the rules. The only guy who's done it, he's the only guy and had to be one of my Kings guys that goes outside of the bubble Risking, you know, infecting the rest of the team. Well, like, yeah. We'll go. Uh, there's an unknown player who invited oh.
1: an Instagram model into the bubble.
3: I mean, we all knew this was going to happen. You know, these all <laughs> within these within three these, days. These 19 to 24 year old guys that are in the, this bubble. You know, they're all <laughs> stud athletes. They're all going. You know, Stephen A. hit it on the hit it on the head, man. When he, when he was talking about that, but yeah. Rashawn, uh, now he's got to go on a 10-day quarantine, a self-quarantine. So not only do you, are you away from the team entirely, isolated by yourself in your hotel room for 10 days, bro, by yourself, just because you wanted to go pick up some food because you didn't like the food in the hotel or that the NBA was providing for you. Risking, I mean, dude, I, mean, I know I'm, I'm a realist, and I don't really expect the Kings to come in here on this eight-game streak and, 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 and make a push for the playoffs. I hope it happens. I can live in fantasy land if I want to choose to, but I, I In realist, I don't expect that to happen, but he is a a piece of that, you know, to make that push and make a playoff and and get a playoff spot. But if you're gonna risk that, be that selfish guy, in in the first fucking week of the bubble, you're gonna go outside of the bubble and go get some food, bro. Like that's really what, like, that just shows me the priority, you know, the list that he has as far as his priorities go. So, Rashawn, my buddy, I love you. You're fun to watch. Um, I hope you get I hope you get yourself right. You quarantine yourself, hopefully. I, I think you got tested. He doesn't have anything, I don't believe. But still, get your head right. Get ready for some basketball. Let's make a push here. Go Kings. But you're going to have to do me a favor, buddy, and... Hold this, this L. L! Oh, Lance doesn't have one. No, oh, I do. No, <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, no, Lance has probably got a fucking novel over here. No, no, actually not. I'm going to try to make
2: this one as short... And ...sweet as possible with our triggered Ron Swanson here. Um... <laughs> That never gets old, man. Like, you might as well just leave it right there, because I am getting—I'm about to get triggered. Um, you know, there, there have been a lot of successful blind people in our world. Uh, notably, Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder. You know, uh, the, the kid with the bird and Dumb and Dumber. Pretty <laughs> you know, yeah fair. exactly. You gave him Pete, the blind kid. No, like, look. There have been some successful blind people in our world. Jesus Christ. But unfortunately, uh-huh. we have some blind people that do the opposite. And we have 50 blind people in the NFL, clearly. Because ESPN this earlier this week released a top 10 offensive tackles list mm. based on 50 blind executives in the NFL that they tallied up, according to Jeff Darlington. No offense to the real blind folks. No, absolutely. The- <laughs> these people are just straight up blind.
3: Okay.
2: Straight up. Because... <laughs> On that list of 10 tackles, the 10 best tackles, guess who wasn't on that list? Mm. One, Mitchell Schwartz. That's
3: unreal. The
2: Chiefs' right tackle of the last four seasons. That's unreal.
3: Zero sacks.
2: Let me me give you guys a little uh, little history lesson here real quick, okay? Mitchell Schwartz has played eight NFL seasons, has started every game of his career, has allowed a a total of 36.5 sacks in eight seasons. Let me list you off some Hall of Fame tackles in the NFL. Ron Yari, Ron Mix, Jackie Slater, Rayfield, Rayfield Wright, Mike McCormick, Dan Deerdorf, Bob St. Clair, Joe Stardahar, that's a weird last name, and Forrest Gregg made the Hall of Fame and none of them had an eight-year stretch that even comes close to that. Actually, half of this list didn't even play eight years in the NFL and made the Hall of Fame. Doesn't end there. 36 and a half sacks in his career, Mitchell Schwartz, right? 25 and a half of those came in his first four seasons when he didn't even play in Kansas City yet. That's when he was with the Cleveland Browns. Do you guys want to know how many sacks Mitchell Schwartz has allowed since 2017? Four and a half. Four and a half sacks since 2017.
3: Yeah, he doesn't deserve to be on that since list. Since
2: 2017, Mitchell Schwartz has a total of eight penalties eight penalties three false starts and only four holding penalties in three seasons he didn't allow a sack in 2019 and started every game and this guy's not a top 10 tackle give me a fucking break yes i'm a chiefs fan so obviously i'm gonna take the defense of my guy but my guy is the best right tackle of his generation. Right. And you don't even give him the proper respect of putting him on a list that not only he should be in, but should be at the top of? Give me a fucking break. 50 blind people took this damn list. ESPN. Stevie Wonder Ray Charles should have done it because they've done a better fucking job. You guys got to do me a favor and hold this hell. hell. Get the
3: fuck out of here with that shit, man. ESPN on their list, bro. They're like known for their shitty lists. Yeah, it's horrible. All their lists are bad, and it wasn't All even ESPN's
2: them. fault. It was the fifty executives that they ran the poll with.
3: Not ESPN. The Fuck them. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's fine. I'm going with, that, go with Disney.
3: Guys, I think we had a good show. Cancel ESPN. Yeah,
2: Cancel what do you think? We had a pretty ESPN. good show. Yeah. It was fun, awesome, great. No disrespect to No, absolutely. No. I love you guys. I'm you're, just saying.
3: You're beautiful. The, the, no these people
2: clearly didn't watch football when they made this poll. It's unbelievable. It's inexcusable. It's absolute horseshit. But anyway, regardless of that, yes, thank you with the Ron Swanson trailer. We need to get a picture of that. That's so good. I need a dump button. <laughs> I can tell so the, com- the comment thread from what I can see from this distance looked like it was on fire. Thank you. Everybody seriously was a part of this, uh, including Ken Swanson, unfortunately. But... Thank you, everybody that's chimed in because, I mean, this is what's fun, man. I love the, the interaction. That's why, you know, starting up this this live stream with Gat and KCPN was everything that we needed on this show. It, it ex- absolutely gave us more juice. Yeah. We love doing the pod, just originally doing the podcast, but this is a whole nother level. So thanks for everybody that watches on YouTube, watches the live stream, that chimes in, that adds to the Monday mailbag. All the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> that, that joins the podcast every week. I know we still have a ton of listeners on the podcast side of things. You guys are the best, man. Seriously, man. We got our OGs and we got our newcomers. Like the last couple of weeks, I think you've said that there's been a couple people in the in the uh, live stream chats that have said that they they've been listening or they they're new to the show. Thank you guys, man. That means a lot to us that you care to, to join us on a Friday night. And be honest with you, with the times that we're living in, we ain't got really other shit to do right now. So come hang out with us, man. We're going to be here. We got sports starting back up next week, man. We got the MLB starting up. We got the NBA. And like I told you guys, episode 74, we're going to be giving you our predictions for the MLB and NBA. When are we, we're never going to do this. Yeah. That never happens. This is the yeah. first time in history we're going to be able to give you both predictions at the same time, man. And before you know it, we're going to be giving you our NFL predictions. So in that's For Trevor Twidwell, for Gat, for Eddie Ortiz, for Clay Windler, for everybody that joined us, for all the blind people, I'm Lance Twidwell, episode 73 of the Spoken Podcast, way out of this bitch! We're gonna get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya.
0: You are tuned into the Spoke.
2: I might actually stick.
3: I might actually stick around for a little bit. If we go to page eleven in the presentation, you'll see that <laughs> you'll see we're on target to meet our quarterly.
0: Some things never change Like nobody
2: can resist (laughs) Popping plastic bubbles And Geico saving folks Lots of money On their car insurance
3: As I was saying We're on target to meet Excuse me um, Miss Miss Hansen Sorry
0: Almost done
2: (laughs) 15 minutes could save you 15% or more Es mejor llegar tarde a casa Que nunca volver a llegar Es mejor llegar tarde al trabajo Que nunca volver a trabajar Y es mejor recoger tarde a tus hijos que nunca volver a recogerlos.
0: Llegar tarde a donde vayas por esperar a que pase el tren es mucho mejor que arriesgar tu vida tratando de ganarle el paso. Por algo existe el dicho. Más vale tarde que
2: nunca.
3: Alto. El tren no para.
0: (tose) Mensaje de Netson.